You're listening to the Saint Sports Network. Ten, Network. nine, ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Live on the Saint Sports Network, it's Burke's Catholic Saints football. Sponsored by Penn State Health St. Joseph on the web at thefutureofhealthcare.org and in-home oxygen and medical equipment at inhomeoxygen.net. Tonight from the Florino Sports Complex, it's your Burke's Catholic Saints versus the Governor Mifflin Mustang. Now to the broadcast booth. Here is your announcer, Ryan Lineweaver. Well, good evening and welcome. Uh, that was a bit of a lie that you just listened to. We are not at the Farino Sports Complex. We are actually warm and cozy uh, in Jerry Galef's living room due to uh, some safety concerns that we had at Burke's Catholic with the rain and wind. Uh, unfortunately, we would not have been able to put together a quality broadcast there for you today. So instead, uh, we are doing it uh, the Philadelphia sports way, especially the Philadelphia Union, where uh, if you're familiar, J.P. Della Camera usually just uh, – watches it happen in front of a tiny screen in front of his face. We have a nice big screen TV <laughs> that we are going to be watching the game from tonight. Uh, but with me is Mike. How you doing, Mike? Good. I'm doing well. How are you? Good. So you obviously don't have an Exeter game tonight due to uh, COVID concerns over at Daniel Boone. So welcome. Thank you. It's my second chance to see both Mifflin and Burks Catholic. So I'm excited to uh, watch the game with you. Yeah, you were able to carry the Burks Catholic game while I was uh, unable to make it uh, that week. So you were able to cover Burks Catholic against Exeter and Exeter win uh, in that case. And then obviously you got to see Exeter play Governor Mifflin earlier and you got to see a uh, first-hand glimpse at Nick Singleton right up and close. Yeah, actually we saw the whole team and uh, you're right, Nick Singleton is certainly the feature of it, but he's got a great supporting cast. Um, as does Burke's Catholic with uh, Caccione and the guys around him as well. So um, both teams have a lot of good athletes on the field tonight. As a reminder, today's pregame show is brought to you by In-Home Oxygen and Medical Equipment. You can find them at 103 Lancaster Avenue in Reading. We'll take a quick break and be right back to discuss Burke's Catholic right after this commercial break. In-Home Oxygen has all the products you need to reduce strain, improve ligament stability, and protect healing tissue. We will work with your orthopedic specialist to treat chronic pain, overuse injuries, sprains, strains, and arthritis. We also offer solutions for injury prevention, pre- and post-surgery treatment, and rehabilitation from the leading manufacturers in the field. No matter the brace you need, In-Home Oxygen offers low- and high-impact bracing solutions for everyday activities and sports. Our fit specialists can help you get back to your favorite activities today and experience a better quality of life. That's in-home oxygen and medical equipment on the web at inhomeoxygen.net. So talking about the Saints for a few minutes here. Uh, they're coming in here three and one in Burks one, six and three overall. Uh, thankfully for them, one of those losses doesn't count towards the PIAA District 3 power rankings. Uh, that 37 to 7 loss against Malvern Prep is pretty much null and void in the eyes of the PIAA which is fantastic because it sticks them at number one overall. And, Mike, you have a little bit more knowledge of everything going on here within the power rankings. Right. You know, Burke Catholic sits at one right now at the quad A level. Um, obviously, two is Bishop McDevitt uh, up there in Dauphin County in the uh, mid-pen. And then three and four are Lancaster Lebanon teams with Lampeter, Strasburg, and Cocalico. Uh, 
you know, Bishop McDevitt and Lampeter Strasburg should both win their games tonight. I have a feeling they'll jump one and two. Berks Catholic uh, will probably fall here to three, uh, depending on some major upset. And uh, they'll be fine at three uh, with the uh, ten teams that go in. They'll have a first round and second round home game. And, and they should look to play, you know, uh, Bishop McDevitt there in the district finals at, at Quad A. It is fascinating taking a look at the power rankings, how different it gets at Quad A as opposed to a lot of the lower levels. Obviously, a lot less teams at the lower levels. But even this one, the difference between 3A and 4A, I mean, you're talking about potential playoff teams with, you know, 500 records. Somebody getting in with a 500 record as like the four seed in 3A. Whereas here, all the way down to 10, you're talking about teams with only two losses. Cacalico's the only one with three. Uh, and they are currently nestled in as the number four seed. Right, and they're the defend or they were the uh, district champions, you know, last year. And two years ago, they lost to. They were a five A school for many years, dropped down to four A uh, this last season. So again, very quality opponents, as you said, very good records. Uh, the 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 quad A district uh, tournament should be a very good tournament. So again, talking about Burke's Catholic here. Uh, coming in 6-3, and three. they've been on a roll as of late. Their only hiccup was to Exeter, and you had that game. Was there anything that stood out to you playing Exeter uh, that may be, uh, you know, maybe a little bit worrisome tonight for uh, their game against Mifflin? No, I, I thought Brooks had played a very good game. They led uh, coming into the fourth quarter. Um, the fourth quarter was the changing point of that game. Exeter kind of just took over from there. Uh, scored twice. The defense pretty much shut Burks Catholic out, which was the complete opposite of what happened two seasons ago. Um, but again, you know, things going on with, with, with what they do offensively and, and who they have with Caccioni and Jordan Hughes at the fullback position. They have a very nice offense. They do a great job running the wing tee offense. Defensively, again, they're led by the guys up front, Colazzo and, and um, you know, the linebacker with Hughes and Jordan and, um, you know, they've got Brown and Caccioni in the safety position. So they have a very good football team. Yeah, so we talked about Christian Caggioni. Obviously, he's pretty much the star player here, former first, uh, how do I want to say that, first team all-state selection last year. Uh, and he is pretty much what makes the offense run. It's between him and J.J. Jordan has really come on strong this year as well. Uh, they're not terrible at passing the football. They don't do it very often. When they do, it's usually off the play action out of the wing tee. Uh, Mitchell Gatz comes in 734 yards passing, completing 64%. But again, only 61 attempts. They're not throwing the ball that often. They pass for uh, a little under 85 yards a week. Uh, so occasionally you'll catch lightning in a bottle with Mitchell Gatz. Uh, but 13 touchdowns, only four interceptions, three of them coming against Exeter. Uh, so again, a little bit skewed there. But when he's behind the center, it is a much different offense than when they had to roll with William Hess or Ryan Shivert. Uh, but taking a look at the rushing totals, Caccioni, again, is pretty much what makes it tick. Uh, he, has had, he has 938 yards on the ground. J.J. Jordan, a nice change of pace, has about half the amount of carries. He's gone for 547. And then Luke Hughes out of that fullback position, rumbling up the middle. Uh, he really is able to ice off games. He's done it multiple times, especially against Redding. He had a great game against them. He's run for 430 yards. So really a three-headed attack at the rushing position. Oh, absolutely. And like you said, you know, Caccioni and Jordan are, are your outside guys in the wing tee offense. They run the buck sweep. They run the jet sweep. Uh, you've got Hughes in the middle who runs your guard trap. He runs your belly play. Uh, they run a little bit of a down there on the wing tee. And, you know, Mitchell Gatz will run the ball a little bit on the waggle if it's not there. As you said, he hasn't thrown the ball a ton this season, but he's been very actor, accurate in what he's done over the season. 
Um, obviously, in, in the second half against Exeter, you know, he, he forced a little bit behind in the score, tried to force the ball a couple times, felt a lot of pressure, and I think that was the thing that really rattled him a little bit there in that second half. Taking a look at the rest of the passing totals on the receiving end, it is J.J. Jordan leading the way. He is 305 yards, averaging over 25 yards a catch. Christian Caccioni right behind him. He's got 233 through the air and 26 yards per catch. Trace Brown, one of their two wide receivers that they like going to between him and Isaac Pichardo. Trace Brown has 11 for 100 yards. Pichardo with four for 43. And then just last week, Tyler Givens with his first catch, one for 20. Same with Reinhardt. Uh, and then you'll go down through Luke Hughes, Alex McGeary, Devin Garcia as kind of last-ditch options in the offense. Yeah, you know, the big thing about how Burks Catholic runs their offense, though it's a wing T offense, they don't use the fullback nearly as much in the waggle game. It's much more of a keep pass game for them, and they like to get the ball to Jordan. And Jordan is a game-breaker. He can get behind coverage. He can make people miss in space and does a really nice job with the ball in his hands. You know, Caccioni is a little bit more, you know, they, they like to throw that, that throwback screen to him on the uh, buck sweep, and he gets a lot of yards off the screen pass. So we will take a quick break here, and you can enjoy the smooth sounds of the Penn State Health commercial. And when we come back, we'll discuss Governor Mifflin and their path to uh, basically being the number one team in the state coming into tonight's game. Penn State Health St. Joseph is here for all your health and wellness needs. We have all the components to get you back to the health you need. Our primary care physicians and specialists see you soon. Our urgent care centers see you quickly. Our emergency room sees you now, and our on-demand app sees you anytime. Whether it's our primary care, urgent care, emergency care, or on-demand care, Penn State Health St. Joseph delivers the best care anywhere. Visit us on the web at thefutureofhealthcare.org. So Governor Mifflin coming into town, and I say into town loosely, they're 10 minutes away, but they're coming in 7-0, and only playing two league games so far, and that's against Exeter and Muhlenberg. It's just pure happenstance that, you know, unfortunately they had their homecoming canceled uh, because Redding was a- unable to play. Uh, they had the same problem with Daniel Boone last week. So they had some holes in their schedule, but still, even when they have been able to find teams, they've been dominant. When Last time that they had to do it, they played Harrisburg. They ended up trouncing them 49 to 13 so you come in looking at a buzzsaw uh and that's pretty much what Mifflin has been all year long there haven't been any close games to speak of well I think for the last 16 17 years that they have dominated you know section one here in Berks IC uh and you're right you know Ryan they have some extremely talented young men across the board whether it's the quarterback the fullback the running back uh their linemen are very good you know in the Exeter Mifflin game Nate Goodman, their defensive end and left tackle, had a phenomenal game. Blocked a punt, had a number of sacks. Um, again, we know Nick Singleton's going to get his yardage tonight. He's going to score his touchdowns. The only way I think you stop Mifflin is to stop everyone else and just give Singleton his yardage and his touchdowns. So taking a look at the last time that they played, it was a 49 nothing game against Muhlenberg. I mean, should not come as much of a surprise. Everybody's beaten Muhlenberg for the past uh, 26 games and counting, I believe. They've lost 26 in a row? Yes, they've lost 26 games in a row. But if I were a betting man, I would bet on Muhlenberg tonight. They do have a game against Reading High tonight where they can finally get off the schneid. 
Uh, they did actually start off the game against Berks Catholic very well. They pulled an onside kick at the very beginning. They were able to drive it down to the four-yard line, had third and goal from the four, ended up taking a sack for three yards, and then had their field goal attempt blocked. So such is life for Muhlenberg this year and for the past three, really. Uh, but yeah, Governor Mifflin, I believe it's 14 out of the last 16 years they've ended up winning Burks one. Uh, I was reading some ridiculous stats that they ended up putting out on their own end uh, earlier on Facebook. So no surprise there that they would kind of toot their own horn. Well, in the case of this season, if I'm Mifflin, I'm tooting my own horn as well. I've got the best player possibly in the country at the running back position. I've got a tremendous fullback in Trey Rock. I've got an outstanding quarterback in Aiden Johnson. I've got Aiden Martin at the wing. Um, you know, they are completely, you know, they have all the positions you need right now to be successful and make a huge run into the postseason. Yeah, so I found that graphic. Over the past 18 seasons in Burke Section 1, they are 95-10. and 10. Uh, And that's with a win tonight over Burke's Catholic. They would be 95-10. and 10. Uh, They'd be looking at a third straight Section 1 title, their fifth in six years, and it's 13 Section 1 titles in the last 15. And it's also been... 19 seasons since Mifflin has had a losing record. So obviously, defending District 3 champs, they have the number one running back in the country, the number one team in Pennsylvania out of all the classes. Uh, And then surprisingly, they also have Tyler Minnick, who is uh, going to UConn for baseball, and they actually encouraged him to continue to play football this year, despite being a baseball prospect. You know, and Tyler Minnick was the guy that broke open the extra game. He returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown and then an interception later on in the game. So... Again, they, they have guys everywhere who do their job and do it very well. Oh, well, we will take another quick commercial break and be right back. And when we come back, hopefully we'll be close to kickoff here. On the Saint Sports Network. Oxygen has all the products you need to reduce strain, improve ligament stability, and protect healing tissue. We will work with your orthopedic specialist to treat chronic pain, overuse injuries, sprains, strains, and arthritis. We also offer solutions for injury prevention, pre- and post-surgery treatment, and rehabilitation from the leading manufacturers in the field. No matter the brace you need, in-home oxygen offers low and high-impact bracing solutions for everyday activities and sports. Our fit specialists can help you get back to your favorite activities today and experience a better quality of life. That's in-home oxygen oxygen and medical equipment on the web at inhomeoxygen.net. So it looks as if they are just about uh, finishing up the national anthem here. Both teams lined up and just about ready to go. Looks beautiful at the uh, Farino Sports Complex right now. Yeah, you can almost see the pagoda through the raindrops and the fog. Uh, not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not jealous at all that we are currently safe and warm inside Jerry's living room. But again, you're taking a look at, at both of these teams and Mifflin. I mean, they just don't pass the football. And why would you with Nick Singleton and all the other offense that you have at your disposal, 380 rushing yards a week. Is there anything spectacular that they actually do? Or are they just that dominant against an offensive line that they had concerns early in the season because they are younger. They graduated a lot of their O line prospects uh, and they were thinking, all right, well, maybe Nick Singleton won't have as great of a year because, you know, he's going to be running behind some inexperienced line, and that has not been the case at all. Well, you know, they, they took their tight end in Nate Goodman and made him a tackle. 
Uh, they do a nice job on both sides. They've got three seniors up front, two juniors. Uh, they throw in a junior and a senior tight end. They rotate through. Uh, what do they do really well? Uh, obviously, they're an option team, and, and that's the first thing you know about them. But they run power toss to Singleton, where they just turn around pitching the ball. They kick everyone down on one side. They kick out with the fullback, and then he just runs through and around and past everyone else. Um, you know, but again, Trey Rock does a nice job on the dive on the dive option, and you know they they run two quarterbacks, which is interesting on this offense, where they have uh, Eden Johnson who's the starter, and then they bring in uh, Delson McNeil. So three and eight both play quarterback, and they both do the, a very good job in keeping the ball and attacking the end. And uh, you know I don't know how much they actually read and pitch, but they they read the dive man, and then the quarterback just takes the ball. So you have at least three, four guys, and, and, you know, they've gotten Aiden Gallon back at fullback as well, you know, a 5'10", 185-pound senior who missed the first two games due to, um, you know, reasons for, for Mifflin. But, you know, they, they have a lot of good guys who can carry the ball and do a, a lot of good things well. They don't do much. I said it's dive option, a little bit of the veer, and it's that power toss. So as they get ready to start here, it certainly looks like from how they're lining up that Burke's Catholic will be receiving the kickoff here. That'll put Jackson uh, School's team the ball up number nine for Governor Mifflin, the junior, uh, who's um, had a very successful season this year in kicking the ball. It's a nice job in kickoff and with extra points and field goals for the Mustangs. It means in all likelihood, if it's been the same kickoff return men, it will be Caccione and J.J. Jordan in the backfield next to each other and Trace Brown right in front of them. little diamond formation in the back ready to receive. So walking up his schools, the kick is away. Fielded by what looks like J.J. Jordan. Jordan up across the 40. Coming across the 50, he has one man to beat there, and he's going to get tackled around the 40-yard line. He's going to be just shy, probably around the 41. Yeah, I actually think that was uh, Brown on the return there. Number 20. It was Trace Brown, an excellent return out across midfield, an excellent starting position. It will be at the 41-yard line for the Saints. If there's no motion, we're going to get sweep right at us here with Caccione going from there left to right. And here comes Caccione on the sweep. It is Caccione, and he is tackled immediately. Trey Rock, middle linebacker, number two for Mifflin, who does an outstanding job on both sides of the ball. It was Rock, the 6'1", 215 senior with the tackle. Caccione going to lose a few inches. And that'll make it second down and 10 for the Saints. And again, apologies, no ambient sound from, from anything. It's just going to be dead silence here. Trying to run a little trap play there to Caccione, and Caccione once again going nowhere. Underneath Jordan Kirshner, it looks like, a senior linebacker. Yeah, Burks Catholic fakes the belly there to the fullback. They bring the wing back back inside what they call Sally play uh, to the left side of the line, and, and nothing there, bringing up third and long here for BC. And again, with this weather, I don't know how much BC's going to be able to throw with Gats. Uh, we'll see what they get here. This should be waggle formation right here. They do split out Trace Brown. They're going to fake the handoff, come back to Caccione. Caccione. Once again, nowhere to go. He's going to lose a few yards there on the screen, and it'll bring up fourth down for the Saints. 
Yeah, again, there, we talked about the screen they throw back to Caccioni for his yardage there, but again, Mifflin was ready for it. A loss of two. Great field position to start here for Berks Catholic, and they went backwards after three plays. So it's going to be fourth down and 12 as Caccioni losing two yards on the play. Punt is away, and it's going to be a short one. It's going to bounce around the 20-yard line and then almost sneakily fielded, but three Saints are right around the football, and it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah, Givens punt hit the ground and bounced straight up in the air, and I think Aiden Johnson just grabbed it and thought, hey, I'm here. Why not just grab the ball and see what happens? I'm not sure if the Berks Catholic players exactly knew where it was. I think they assumed it was going to bounce out of bounds. So he was trying to bring a little trickery in there, but instead it will be Governor Mifflin starting at the 20-yard line. Governor Mifflin wearing their road white jerseys with the gold helmets. Meanwhile, Berks Catholic going from left to right in their black helmets, black jerseys, and gold pants. Handoff is up the middle. Across the 25-yard line, I could only assume it was Singleton. I think it's Trey Rock there. It's the dive. It was Trey Rock. Yep. So a little bit of dive option. Gave it to the dive man. First back through is Trey Rock. Over the right side, does a nice job. He uh, follows the block there of, of Lundrum and Noggle and roads the center and picks up, what, six, seven yards? It uh, looks like from where they are spotting it. Oh, no. It's going to be about nine yards on the gain for Rock. This time, pitch play well covered. I believe that was Trace Brown on the tackle. They're going to lose four yards. Yeah, nice job by Trace Brown coming up from a strong safety position. They pitched the ball out there to the their home sideline, and Trace Brown right there to make the play. Looks like it might have been Aiden Martin taking the pitch. And he's going to end up losing yardage. So that'll bring up third down and about four for Governor Mifflin. Nick Singleton, the deep man in the backfield. Fullback in front of him. They're going to hand off the dive play again. So if it is the dive, it would be Mitchell Rock, or Trey Rock, sorry. And it looks like he has enough for a first down. So third down and four, they're able to convert and get about six yards on the play. Again, they went back to the same play there, the dive option to the right, giving the ball to the front man through. The first man through was Trey Rock and, and did a nice job getting the first down. Once again, a tight formation. One wide receiver split out wide to the left. Again, it's the dive played to Rock. And again, Rock. This time he gets rolled back, but after a gain of a few. So it looks to be about four yards on the gain. So Rock, that would be his third carry for 19 yards here to start this game. Eden Johnson grabbing the play from the sideline. Runs it back in. Minnick split out wide left. Once again, Singleton with the fullback in front of him. Johnson under center. This time, pitch to Singleton. Singleton trying to roll over a defender. Gets out to the 40-yard line. So it'll be third down and short for Governor Mifflin. Yeah, there's that power toss they give the Singleton there. 
and just pitching the ball reverse out from quarterback, pitching the ball to the left-hand side. They're going to block everyone down on the line. They're going to kick out with the fullback. They're going to pull a backside guard, lead them up through the hole, and you got Nick Singleton. You're going to win a lot of battles that way. About third down and one from the looks of it. Singleton once again lined up in the backfield. Dive play again. And a first down for Governor Mifflin. Out across to the 45-yard line is Rock. And a gain of about three or four. And Mifflin with another first down. As I said, we've seen Trey Rock make nice plays already on defense coming through and making a big play on Caccione. And now he's just he's the leading ball carrier right now. And you would expect that this type of weather. And this is why you run this type of offense right here. You're going to keep pounding it for three, four yards up the middle and just keep pounding through the line. And then when you make that pitch, not be able to jump off sides right there. Yeah, we'll see if it was encroachment or if they are going to find that there was moving against, movement against Mifflin, and it looks like it is against Burke's Catholic, so they'll march all five yards. I guess that's another way to get some easy yardage here, too. It's not just all dive plays. It's uh, catching Burke's Catholic off guard and having him jump offside. Yeah, you know, you're, you're teed up for that ball to snap. You're trying to fire across and... You know, good job of changing the sound count there. Johnson, under center, once again a dive play. That one going up across, and it looks like a first down. Yeah, they're going to give him the 45 here at least. Trying to figure out exactly who that was to, because it was not to rock again. Might eight, have been to Aiden Gallon eight, that time. Gallon might be... If that's who it was. There's a four on the jersey, so I believe it was Aiden Gallon. Yeah, he's 44, you're right. And he has enough for the first down. So picking up five yards the easy way and then another five through Aiden Gallon. Once again, one wide receiver split out wide to the left. This time power pitch to Singleton. Gets across the line and gets a yard or two, but that's all. Bring up second down and eight for Governor Mifflin. You know, a lot of problems with teams have is, is they're so geared up to try and stop Singleton that they can't stop the dive man. And, and we've seen the success here early on with just giving the ball to the dive man. Singleton's had two carries and maybe has gained five yards. I have him for about seven. Okay. First one for five, oh, this I'm one sorry. for two. That, that was the third carrier there. No, Yeah, six and two. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm six and two. Okay. This time they go two wide receivers split out wide to the left-hand side. Under center is Johnson. Johnson this time, a keeper going across the left, and he's across the 35-yard line where he's taken down. They're going to give him the 34 here. Ball in the middle of the field. So by my count, that is now five different Mifflin players with carries here tonight. So it is going to be first down and 10 from inside the 35, right at the 34-yard line. This time they go two wide receivers, split wide right. Handoff is to Singleton. He goes off left tackle. And another great job there, as that was Marvin Armistead, the cornerback, coming off his blocker and tripping up Singleton. Only a gain of a few for the Penn State commit. 
Yeah, nice job there by Armstead coming from the cornerback position in open space. Went low, uh, made the tackle, and, and, and was very excited about making that tackle. And that, that's a good tackle for an open field there. They ran a little misdirection there. They sent Rock to the right, counterstep, and brought um, Singleton back to the left there. And, and he had an opening to go, and a nice job by the corner. Everybody huddled up. The clock keeps on moving. Probably should have kept a clock here as we... Unfortunately, on the broadcast, we can't see exactly what the time is, so we'll just guesstimate. But the clock hasn't stopped for anything, so. In this kind of weather, it could actually be a much lower scoring affair than you think. We say that and they stop the clock. Of course, I do say that, and yeah, <laughs> announcers curse, unfortunately. There they go. They now go. they're rolling. Okay. Yep. So unbound set here to the right by Mifflin. This time, once again, dive play to Gallon. Gallon breaking free, breaking one tackle, breaking two tackles. He's across the 10, down to the 5, and finally ridden out of bounds inside the 5-yard line. Outstanding run by Gallon. Broke three tackles there. I got hit right there at the second level by linebacker, broke that tackle, ripped through the tackle of the safety, ripped through the tackle of the cornerback, kept running, got it down like, to, what, the 5-yard line? So nice run there by Gallon. Trying to figure out exactly where they are going to mark it, and it is going to be right on the five. So Gallon, a solid gain there. Eight seconds left on the play clock. Johnson. Once again, pitching to Singleton. Singleton trying to juke out to the right side. Has space and is in for the score. A five-yard touchdown for Nick Singleton and makes it 6-0 in favor of Governor Mifflin. Looked like he was running out of real estate. Looked like they had him pretty well trapped back there. Somehow he was able to skirt any kind of defenders and roll right inside the pylon. Yeah, he did a nice job breaking the tackle, like you said there. God, it, it's got to be tough, to, the water right now, the wetness, the holding on. You've got to make a shorthanded tackle here as you go through the tackler. The extra point is spotted. The kick is up, and the kick is good. So it's going to be 7 nothing, Governor Mifflin. And it will be Saints football when we return here on the Saints Sports Network. Penn State Health St. Joseph is here for all your health and wellness needs. Whether it be our primary care and specialists throughout the region seeing you soon, our urgent care centers in Muhlenberg, Maiden Creek, and Straustown seeing you quickly, our emergency room in Burn Township seeing you now, or our on-demand app, walk-in lab, mammography, and imaging services seeing you anytime. We're ready when you need us. We'll get you back to the health you need to live the way you want. Visit thefutureofhealthcare.org to learn more. 7-0. Mifflin on top here in the first quarter. Burks set to receive. Jackson schools the junior kicker. About to kick it away from his own 40. You know, Ryan, 12 plays, 80-yard drive there in the first quarter from Mifflin. Did a nice job controlling the ball. And like you said, in these conditions, they're not going to look to score 50 points. It's going to keep running their offense and do what they do. And a squib kick picked up by Trace Brown. This time Brown slips and 
tackles himself, basically, right around the 20-yard line. So that is where Burks Catholic will have their second offensive drive of the game. The first one pretty much went nowhere as Caccioni touched the ball three times and lost two yards. Yeah, three plays negative two yards, 12 plays 80 yards. So an efficient drive from Mifflin. Makes it an important one here for Burks Catholic. This time, Caccioni going off the right-hand side, and he's going to get across the 25. He's going to be close to a first down. We'll see where they mark him. And it looks like he's going to be just shy. Looks to be about nine yards. Well, he started on 21, so yeah. He on the 21, eight, so. Third, second and two here. An eight-yard game for Caccioni. Gets His first positive play of the gets game. Gets him out of the red there in, in, in total yardage. It does. Gats under center this time. Dive play to Hughes. Hughes up the gut. He's going to have the first down and more. He's going to get about to the 35-yard line. So gain of six for Hughes, and that will move the chains for Burks Catholic. Yeah, nice job here by Burks Catholic coming out and getting a first down. That's the one thing they needed to do, you know, Clock, weather, everything else, getting a first down is huge. Well, if you've learned anything from Mifflin's first drive, it is that dive play is going to work in this kind of weather. So it could end up being heavy on Luke Hughes as we go along here. Out of town scoreboard update, Muhlenberg. Well, let's hold off on that. J.J. Jordan getting across midfield. He's tackled down inside the 40-yard line, close to the 35. A nice run there by J.J. Jordan. And finally, they're not doing much on the first drive. Burks Catholic cooking with gas here. Yeah, real nice little jet sweep there to J.J. Jordan. Got the edge, turns it upfield, took it across midfield, like you said, and put it down again to the 36-yard line. So good field position right now after four plays or three plays on this drive. Well, let's see what uh, Burks Catholic can do here and sustain this beyond the 35. Once again, dive play to Hughes. Hughes rolling over a few tacklers. Kirshner. Ends up being the last one. He'll make the stop. Hughes, once again, just picking up a solid chunk of yardage, not unlike what Mifflin did on the first drive, just three, four yards a pop, and that's enough to get you a first down. This one looks to be about five for Hughes. Yeah, over the right side, just a straight little guard trap there to the right side. And, uh, you know, Hughes, Hughes is a, a tall guy. and He goes, what, 6'3", uh, 225 pounds? You know, that's a good guy to run behind a former offensive lineman converted into fullback this season. Gats under center. Uh-oh. Burks Catholic fumbling the football. Caccioni has to dive on it, and they're going to lose a solid chunk of yards as they are all the way back to the 41-yard line. And that is the one thing that cannot happen tonight. You cannot give up free yardage going backwards. Three great plays there, four really good plays there, and then... You know, you missed the snap. The ball comes shooting through. I'm not sure if Gats even got it coming out from center. It might have just shot through his legs there. So unfortunate there. It will bring up third down and long. It looks to be about third down and 14, if I'm reading the yard markers correctly. Jordan in motion. little reverse handoff. They tried it before to Caccioni, and it's not going to work again. As Caccioni will lose more yardage. And it puts him back past the 45-yard line. And it will be fourth down for Burke Catholic. Yeah, I think he lost like four yards in that carry there. 
And so again, it's that 35-yard line. They just can't get across it. And they, they start at the first drive at the 41. They had the ball down to the 36 and, and just have gone backwards every time they got close to the 35. Oh, they snapped the ball over Gibbons. And Gibbons yeah. unable to hang on to the football. Ball still on the field. Mifflin finally picking it up. And they are inside the 25-yard line. I think that's Nate Goodman who finally recovered it there inside the 25-yard line. So an unfortunate turn of events. And, again, it's going to happen with rain like this that you have to decrease that margin of error. And, unfortunately, back to almost back-to-back -back snaps there going through hands. And this time it's going to end up burning Burke's Catholic for more than just an unfortunate loss of 10 yards. This one going all the way back and giving Mifflin a chance to start their drive on the 25-yard line of the Saints. You know, the, the sad part is all that work and they gained four yards in that drive when it's all said and done. Yeah, it was, ruins that big gain by J.J. Jordan. As once again, dive play to Rock. Rock going to get up to about the 20-yard line, gain of five for him. And we got flags on the field here, it looks like. At least one set of flags on the field. Yeah, Rock broke the tackle, kept going, and then there was a little extracurricular activity going on there at the end of the play. Well, we'll see if we can find out what the referee is spotting here. As even the zoom and enhance feature here is not uh, helping us out trying to figure out the figure out exactly what it was. They haven't moved the football to re-spot it. And hard to tell if it's... Well, now the referees are running over to the coaching staff of Governor Mifflin. So it looks like two flags, no penalty. And there's no explanation, obviously. But the, the referee doesn't even look to either sideline. He just moves on with the play. Yep. So the ball's not going to move there. It will just be a dive play to Mitchell Rock. By my count, he had about five yards on that. So it would bring down second down and five. And again, sorry, I say Mitchell Rock, Trey Rock. Uh, about second down and five. This time, pitch play to Singleton. Singleton going off right tackle. And he's going to be brought down after a first down close to the 10-yard line. Good job keeping his balance there on the initial hit. Looks like Berth Catholic has an injured player in the field as well, which is, is not a good sign here. And again, hard to see exactly who it is, but it is one of their linemen. It may be Jackson Huddleston, which would be a huge loss for them. But again, hard to tell from here. Yeah. But again, 7 nothing Burks Catholic, at least it is an absolute monsoon there in Reading right now. Cheerleaders have their ponchos and their uh, rain jackets on as they stand there on the track getting drenched. Um, you know, I guess that's part of the life of a cheerleader. I don't know. Uh, I, I would like to see what the crowd looks like right now in, in the stands. Well, I would say that it's very reminiscent to the first game of the year that they played against Executive Education Academy Charter School. Not only a mouthful, but they also ended that game before halftime. As Burke's Catholic was up 46-12. to 12. 
And Ryan, you are right. That was that was Jackson Huddleston who was injured on the play, but he's walking off under his own accord, so that's good to see. A uh, couple scores around the county. Did you give these yet? I have not. Um, in in early action at Shirk Stadium, Albright College, Muhlenberg six, Reading nothing. At West Lawn in Gursky Stadium, Wilson zero, Township seven. So that's Mannheim Township seven, Wilson nothing. Exeter uh, on the Exeter broadcast, we've been following these games immensely because. Both these games have pivotal points for Exeter. And as we come back to Ryan, what do we got? Well, if you would guess that it's a Nick Singleton touchdown, you'd be correct. He takes that one right up the gut for 10 yards and the score. So Singleton, his second score of the day, and it makes it 13-0, Governor Mifflin. I think it was pretty much the same play they ran last time, a little toss, power toss to the right, and he's in for a touchdown again. So Mifflin now up by two scores here. Again, hard to tell, but all we know is that it's still the first quarter. We got stoppage here before the extra point, so we'll see what they. Someone might have been in the neutral zone here, so he jumped off sides. Let's see what happened. And if that's the case, not much you can do about that. You can move it half the distance, or I believe tack it onto the. End of the kickoff, but they didn't even get the playoff here. And it looks like Mifflin's going to run their special teams off the field and put the offense back on. Ironically, they didn't move the ball. They did not. It's still on the three-yard line. But you're right, Ryan. They did run the offense back out because there's Singleton Rock in the backfield. Oh, and in this case... You know, why would you chance an extra point like that? You have power right here. There's going to be a single team. Oh, the ball's fumbled coming out. Ball's fumbled. Still on his feet and tripped up from behind. It's Armistead again. As I believe, is that Eden Johnson trying to make yes. something out of nothing there? As the ball went through his hands. And that's where Berks Catholic will take over here. It will be Saints football when we return after the kickoff here on the Saints Sports Network. Seasons Cafe in Flying Hills scratches your gourmet itch. Chef Joe Church has been serving Redding's culinary community for 35 years with delicacies like sea bass, Norwegian trout, galamad, and the house favorite, sauteed soft shell crabs. Seasons has a TripAdvisor rating of 4.9 out of 5 and serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner Wednesday to Sunday with a Sunday brunch to live for. That's Seasons Cafe in the Flying Hills Center. Check us out on Facebook for hours of operation. 13-0 Governor Mifflin. Mifflin running their offense back out on the field for the two-point conversion. Unable to convert, so it is 13 unanswered points here for Mifflin to start off the first quarter. Yeah, and you look at the two teams here, you know, uh, Berks Catholic's run 10 plays for two yards. Mifflin has run 15 plays for 105 yards and two scores. This one, another squib kick. Looks like Trace Brown again, and he's barely going to get across the 20-yard line. Trying to avoid Caccione and Jordan at all costs, so just squibbing it right up the middle to Brown. You know, 
Exeter did the same thing against Berks Catholic, and I said during the, the broadcast then, I would put Trace Brown deep and put Caccioni and Jordan up at those wing positions. Make them kick the ball deep if they want to do that. If they want to keep squibbing it, you're kicking to the lesser of three evils there. Uh, I would make them kick deep. And I said the same thing, that, that this is what happened in the Exeter game. Trace Brown did not get the ball past 25, 30-yard line. Um, so I guess that's the end of the first quarter. We're going to the second quarter now after that kickoff there from Mifflin. That is the end of the first quarter. And we will roll into the second as the team swap fields. It'll be Saints football when we return. You're listening to the Saints Sports Network. Arena's been shut. The ice has been melted. The stands have been empty. 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 But a new day has dawned. The lights are back on. The ice is frozen. The boys are back. It's time to get back to hockey. Your Ruddy Royals and the ECHL are back at Santander Arena. The 2021-22 season starts on October 22nd. Get your tickets now. We'll sell you the whole seat, but you'll only need the edge. Well, back here from Jerry's living room where Governor Mifflin is leading 13-0 over Brooks Catholic. J.J. Jordan, once again, doing something spectacular there. Able to get it across the 49-yard line. A massive gain there uh, for Jordan. As Burke's Catholic now across into Governor Mifflin territory. Nearly a 30-yard gain there. Once again, they're going to fake to Jordan this time, try to run it up the gut with Hughes, and maybe a yard on the play, if anything. Yeah, again, nice job there by Trey Rock from his linebacker position. Just filled that hole as soon as it opened and, and hit Hughes pretty much right at the line of scrimmage and just, you know, went low and just took out his legs, and boom, we got a, maybe a gain of one, bring up second on a long nine. Yeah, it looks like uh, maybe the nose of the football moved a few inches forward. Second down and a long nine. This time, handoff is to Caccioni. Caccioni taken down after a gain of a few. He's going to get out to the 46-yard line. Gain of a couple. About three for Caccioni is, at least by my count, if you enter in that uh, negative 10 yards that he got by recovering the fumble. He's still in the negative after six carries. Yeah, I'm not sure high school does that. If it's a team fumble, they actually give it to the player. It's unfortunate they give it to the player. <laughs> in that case, yes. Uh, otherwise, he would be six for seven yards right now. Handoff. Going off left side is Jordan. Jordan's going to be short of a first down. It'll bring up a fourth down and short. Well, again, at this point, after the last snap, there's no need to even send the punt unit out there. You're just going to go for it here on fourth down. Um, again, the, the jet sweep to Jordan has been a very good play. I think it's produced at least, you know, 10, 15 yards on average so far. Uh, we'll see what they do here. So it's about fourth down and about two and a half. Caccioni off left tackle. Jordan in motion. We're going to fake the handoff. Going he sweep to Caccioni, and he's going to have enough for a first down. I came back to that little crisscross counter there and got the first down, so nice job by BC. 
again, move chains, keep the ball, and keep moving. That's a 13-point game right now. As silly as it sounds, one quarter's down, you're down by 13 points. You're, once again, at the 35-yard line. If you can just get across this 35-yard barrier, who knows what's going to happen? You punch it in here, you still have a very good football game. Would make it a one-score game. Hughes in the backfield with Caccione. Caccione taking the handoff, but it looks like whistles have blown and the play is called dead. And we'll see what the call is here. He's running over to the Burks Catholic sideline to make the call. It is going to be offside against Burks Catholic. Yeah, tough call there against the, the Saints. Not very often that you see somebody lined up offside on your own offensive end of the football. But they'll march it back five yards. It'll now be first and 15 from the 41. Another Berks County update quickly. Fleetwood 28, Kutztown nothing at the end of the first quarter. Handoff up the gut. Hughes over to the left side in that little guard trap. Hughes will... Gain everything back, a gain of five for him. I have him for his third carry for 16. Would make it a second down and 10 from the 36. Jordan in motion. The handoff is to Jordan. Jordan absolutely nowhere to go as that one was pretty much doomed from the start. Only had one blocker ahead of him and about three Governor Mifflin tacklers awaiting him. And I believe it was Aiden Young, the junior defensive end, making the stop. Jordan, no gain on the play. We'll bring up third down and ten for Burks Catholic. Well, we haven't seen Mitchell Gatz go back to pass yet. This might be the first opportunity to see him throw the ball. Let's see what happens here. They I'm, do they yeah, do a they screen pass, but, I mean, let's see if he throws the ball down the field here. They do like running that play-action play. And this time they are just going to hand off. Was to Jordan. Jordan going to get about five or six, but not enough for a first down. We're back to the jet sweep, which has worked well for him all night so far. It has. Again, about six yards for Jordan. Gets inside the 30-yard line. They've cracked down the to 35. The 29. Let's see what happens here. Fourth down, right? Fourth down and, by my count, about four yards. Jordan in motion across the formation. Gat's going to roll out, throwing it. Caccione has the first down. He's across the 20, 15, trying to scoot inside the 10. We'll see where they mark him out. But that time, going and trusting Gatz's arm and just a little quick play out into the flat to Caccione. Yeah, they ran a little keep pass there. They motioned Jordan across the formation, sent him deep on the flat route, had the receiver out in the flat, and just took wing back or, or the dive back there, Caccione into the flat quickly, reversed out and hit him with the ball. Nice job, first and 10 here. Chance to get a first down inside the five yet. Looks to be about the 12-yard line. Trying to cut back inside was Caccione, and Caccione met by, once again, about three defenders. Eden Johnson was there first. It'll bring up second down for the Saints. Looks like it may have been a loss of one on the play for Caccione. Here's the thing I'll tell you. Anytime they line up with a wing back and, and the, the offset backfield, the traditional wing tee look, and they do not motion, it is always buck sweep. 
It is a 100% buck sweep. And that, that's from watching a lot of films. See if they, same formation here, see if they motion here. Pichardo coming in, once again, handing it up the gut. And Hughes is going to be close to the end zone. He's going to be down just a few yards shy, and I believe that's enough for what should be a first down and goal. I agree. Berks I Catholic could have gotten the first down without scoring. So I think that was enough. If the camera angle would zoom out, we could actually see if they did mark it first down. But yeah, it is down to the three. The, yeah, they're inside the three-yard line here, so that's got to be a first down. And Mifflin's got an injured player down here. Mifflin does have an injured player. And if it was a first down, it was brought to you by Penn State Health St. Joseph on the web at thefutureofhealthcare.org. We'll take a quick break during the injury timeout here and be right back. You're listening to the Saints Sports Network. Penn State Health St. Joseph is here for all your health and wellness needs. We have all the components to get you back to the health you need. Our primary care physicians and specialists see you soon. Our urgent care centers see you quickly. Our emergency room sees you now, and our on-demand app sees you anytime. Whether it's our primary care, urgent care, emergency care, or on-demand care, Penn State Health St. Joseph delivers the best care anywhere. Visit us on the web at thefutureofhealthcare.org. A little jet sweep there to Caccioni. Unable to gain anything. His 11th touch of the game, and really, unfortunately, hasn't been able to get much going. It's been J.J. Jordan breaking it loose, and then Hughes as well punching it up the gut. It'll bring up a second down and goal from what looks to be about the three or four yard line for Berks Catholic. This time trying to get everyone lined up. Huddleston moving around. Time and then out. finally, I think Berks Catholic had to take a timeout. Yeah. Update from the uh, Reading High Muhlenberg game. Muhlenberg Mules looking for that first win up 14 to nothing over the Red Knights of Reading High. So with that being said, timeout on the field. We'll take another quick timeout here. Berks Catholic driving inside the five-yard line. When we come back, you're listening to the Saints Sports Network. Oxygen has all the products you need to reduce strain, improve ligament stability, and protect healing tissue. We will work with your orthopedic specialist to treat chronic pain, overuse injuries, sprains, strains, and arthritis. We also offer solutions for injury prevention, pre- and post-surgery treatment, and rehabilitation from the leading manufacturers in the field. No matter the brace you need, in-home Oxygen offers low and high-impact bracing solutions for everyday activities and sports. Our fit specialists can help you get back to your favorite activities today and experience a better quality of life. That's in-home Oxygen and medical equipment on the web at inhomeoxygen.net. Burks Catholic gets throwing in an incomplete. That was fourth down. They did and that not was get on the fourth down. down. Wow. I, they didn't even think of measurement. That ball had to be close to the first down where those sticks are. I, I'm a little perplexed why they did not measure that uh, where, where they had the ball down there on the run. Yeah. I, I was under the assumption that they had enough. 
And unfortunately, it looks like that was actually not the case. Fortunately, with how tight they have the camera angle here, and again, we're calling from Jerry Galef Media's living room due to safety concerns. Uh, certainly looked like it was enough for a first down, but instead it will be a turnover on downs for Burks Catholic. And now Mifflin backed up against their own goal line. They just try a quarterback sneak, and they're able to get it across the five, gain of maybe two on the play. Yeah, the sad part there is, you know, BC goes 77 yards on 12 plays and comes up with nothing. Yeah, it's unfortunate because, again, we were talking about it during the break. You score there, could be 13-7, to seven, and it's a completely different ball game. Mifflin has not shown the propensity to slow down on any of these drives. So if you have any chance, you're going to have to put points on the board, and you're going to have to make a stop at some point. No better time than now. But it looks like Mifflin might be able to get out of it here as Rock going up the middle, and he's across the 10. A little bit different there. It's more of a trap for them, which they don't run a whole lot of. But you can see him kind of come back to the offense, to, to offensive right as he dove to the left-hand side there. Um, it's it's got to be, what, first down? <laughs> oh, now they're going to measure. Well, it looks like, it looks like here. well, it's the official's timeout here, and they are going to measure. One of the few stoppages of play that we've actually had here tonight as both teams pretty much keeping it on the ground. Only a handful of passing plays, both of them coming from Burks Catholic. All three of them, actually. All three of them. One for negative two yards, one for nine, and the last one was an incompletion on what looked to be fourth down. Yeah, I had written down 10 yards on that, that second pass, but obviously if it were 10 yards, they had a first down, so it had to be nine. Well, they're not bringing out the chain gang, so I believe it was an official's timeout. The official pointed to him and stopped the clock, but Mifflin staying out on the field. Burke's Catholic coming back, grabbing a drink, talking to coaching staff, and doesn't look like... Mifflin's ready to run a play anytime soon either. Finally, they break their huddle. This looks like Gallon in the backfield, as well as Singleton. I believe they're going to hand off to Gallon. And that was actually a third down play, but yeah, it's all for naught anyway. He gets across the first down marker. And it will be a fresh set of downs for the Mustangs. Clock keeps rolling. Not sure exactly what the clock is, but we have to be in the latter portions of the second quarter as it has stopped for nothing other than that official's timeout and a Burke's Catholic timeout before that. Once again, trap play up the middle. Across the 20-yard line, 30-yard line, now across the 40 is Gallon. So, again, they have used Singleton sparingly here as Rock and Gallon have combined for more carries through the better portion here of the second quarter. You know, what Burks Catholic is doing right now is they've taken Trace Brown, their strong safety. They put him up in the line of scrimmage to the open side here. 
he is assigned right now to Singleton. We see him make that tackle early on right away. This is why he's not playing a safety position. You can see they've got a six-man line here, and he's just coming across. This is why the middle is so much weaker now for Berks Catholic is they've taken those safeties and the backer. They've put him outside on the line of scrimmage to stop Singleton. That one going across the gut and maybe a gain of one or two. As I believe that one once again going to Gallon, trying to feed the hot hand. As it looks like Delson McNeil is out there at quarterback for the Mustangs. Handing an update here from Langster Lebanon League, which does not help Exeter as far as they're looking for playoff-wise. Warwick up 13 to nothing over Conestoga Valley. Uh, Warwick is the team behind Exeter right now uh, in the District Five, uh, District Three Five A. Uh, power rankings. Singleton now out across the 50 down to about the 47 or 46 yard line. That'll bring up another Mustang first down. Ryan, this will be a really bad series for Berks Catholic here if they let him go 97 yards and score. You know, you were, you were that close to scoring and being within one score and now you could be down 21 nothing at the end of this drive. Ends up pretty much being what could essentially be the drive of the game, the fact that you know, you're turning seven points of your own into seven points for Governor Mifflin as once again up the middle goes Gallon. Gallon gallivanting across the 35-yard line inside just ahead of the 30. Another first down for Mifflin. And again, they're just going up the dive back, just giving the ball to dive back. And, and, and Burks Catholic has a lot of their interior defenders, linebacker and strong safety, out on the edges here trying to stop Singleton. And Mifflin's just pounding the ball up the middle. Once again, Singleton in the backfield. I have six touches for him so far. This time, a pitch play to him. And this time, it actually does work. Trace Brown coming off the edge and tripping him up around the line of scrimmage. Singleton getting a yard on the play. You know, again, that, that's what, what that de defense is designed to do right now. It's going to turn Singleton back in. It's going to bring pressure off the edge. Uh, you know, I said they got Trace Brown on one side. They've got uh, Picardo on the other side. And, and they're just trying to keep the ball inside this time singleton taking the handoff and going up the gut and they say all right well if you're gonna stop us from running the toss play we may as well just run it up the middle and a flag down late so like you just said ryan great point you know we're not going to pitch the ball to singleton we'll just run iso behind the fullback the lead blocker give him the ball and let him run between the tackles now where you're weaker Another Langster Lebanon score. Now this is the, th the third seeded team in Quad A, Lampeter Strasburg, 41 to nothing over the last team in Quad A, Lebanon High School, and that is at the end of the first quarter. It's 41 to nothing. Lampeter Strasburg is a very good team for Quad A, but 41 to nothing in 12 minutes of football is a lot of points. Yeah, the Cedars not having a good time of it. Unfortunately, I was supposed to call the Cedar Bowl last year before it was canceled. Uh, by COVID. That one probably would have been a Cedar Crest win anyway. This year, Reading High's only win coming against Lebanon very early in the season. So once again, going a very tight formation here. Almost looks like a victory formation as the ball is fumbled on the ground. Burks Catholic should be on top of it, and I believe they have it. Yep. McNeil fumble coming out of the center there. Ball was in his hands, hit the ground. He dropped down it, scored it behind him. 
BC stops him. That's, that, you said that could be the drive of the game right there. And that is a huge turning point right here for BC. Now they've got to at least do something. Keep the ball for as long as this quarter as they can now. Move the ball back downfield. Get back to your jet sweep to Jordan. Um, you know, misdirection and hit Hughes up the middle here. But again, an opportunity here for BC to stay in this football game right here. And again, hard to know exactly how much time is left here. We're just kind of guesstimating. But the last thing that you want is that clock to continually run. Mifflin running it down and then getting the ball back in the second half and not allowing Burks Catholic to put any points on the board as the Saints going to have a chance here. And it looks like they are going to talk it over here with a timeout. And we will take a timeout of our own. 13-0 Governor Mifflin, but Burks Catholic driving now after recovering that fumble. You're listening to the Saints Sports Network. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. 13-0 Mustangs over top of Burks Catholic, but Burks Catholic recovering that fumble. And again, avoiding what could have been disastrous here as they're going to fake it and hand off up the middle instead. I believe it's that play that you like to call there with Caccione taking it after the fake to Jordan. It's an old Delaware wing tee play. It's called the Sally. And uh, there's a great story how it got the name Sally, but this is not the airtime or place to give the story. But I will tell you that the offensive coordinator named the play after a, a terrific weekend. A gain of four for Caccione. Caccione now his 12th touch of the day. And ooh, big pop there. As that was Eden Johnson coming up and absolutely laying the smack down. Yeah, Eden Johnson from safety position came rolling downhill. Caccione cut right back into it, and uh, he caught all of it right there. Goodness. He's going to get it across the 30-yard line up to the 31. So it looks like it's going to be about a third down and five. So believe it or not, Caccione going to gain a yard on that play. Certainly didn't look like it. But third down here. Gats looking to go back. He has nowhere to go with the football. Finally has to get rid of it, able to get it across the line of scrimmage. And there is a flag down, I believe, on the play. Saw a flash of yellow. I think you're going to get legal lineman downfield. They tried to set up the screen there, back throw back to Caccione. It wasn't there. He held the ball. The linemen were already engaged going downfield, and then he threw the ball across the line of scrimmage. Yep. Certainly think that's it. Burke's Catholic already kind of walking back a little bit. So it should be punting here. And very likely just going to be declined and make it fourth down. So Burke's Catholic now needing to play the field position game. Tyler Givens out to punt it away.
Still 13-0, Governor Mifflin on top of Burke's Catholic. It is fourth down and five, and now they finally decide to decline the penalty. A smart move, otherwise it would have just made it third and very long. So Burke's Catholic will trot their punt team out. Again, playing the field position game here in the second quarter, down 13-0. But not much that you can uh, pull out of your bag of tricks here in the rain on the 30-yard line. Givens, this time sure-handed, is able to get it away. And it's going to take a Burks Catholic bounce. Looks like it's going to be inside the 30. We'll see where they mark it off. Yeah, good job there by Givens getting the punt downfield. Looks like they gave him the 25-yard line. Uh, I got to imagine we're probably somewhere around the four-minute, inside the four-minute mark of the second quarter here. Um, opportunity for Mifflin to put this game away, I believe. Opportunity for BC to stay in this game right here on this drive. Well, it starts with an excellent punt there from Givens. Givens, by my count, about a 45-yarder and one that was absolutely needed. And you'll take any kind of field position that you can get against the Mustangs. I mean, they drove 80 yards on the on the first drive of the game. So, I mean, they can drive it from literally anywhere on the field. And if it wasn't for that fumble, they may have taken it from 97. So at this point, you'll take whatever kind of yardage that you can get from them. Once again, going up the middle, breaking one tackle, trying to break a second. And, oh, the ball coming loose. The play's still going on. Mifflin able to recover again. Ball's still, ball still, still loose. And Burke's Catholic now recovering it. We'll see. I have a hard time believing that that play wasn't blown dead at some point in time. I, I think it was, but I, I don't think it should have been. This should be Burke's Catholic's ball, and if it's not, then it was a you know inadvertent whistle that stopped the play. Uh, that well, ball was out, never secured by either team as it just kept rolling down the field. Well, we should spend some time to now heckle Bruce Badgley, who is filming cheerleaders instead of the game. So hard to tell exactly what's going on there. Rick Keeley's out to the hash marks talking to the official. We have a holding call on Mifflin. If it's declined, then, then we'll know they got the ball back. It yep. is holding, it's and be, it is. It's going to be Burke's Catholic's ball. It certainly looks as such as, yeah, that pile was still moving forward. There was no stoppage at all there. And, well, now we have an umbrella in front of our broadcast. So just nod was, them out of the way. the end of the half? It looks like uh, that was actually the end of the half as Mifflin walking off the field and well, I guess there you have it. It must be halftime, and it's a 13-0 Governor Mifflin lead at the half. So we'll take a break and be back to talk about the first half here on the Saints Sports Network.
Nursing Home Oxygen and Medical Equipment are Berks County's foremost sleep apnea equipment specialists. We have a full line of CPAP and BiPAP supplies, including the area's largest variety of machine masks and cushions. Respiratory specialists are on staff to assure proper fitting and explanation of sleep apnea devices. We accept the most insurance companies of any provider in the area. In-home oxygen at 103 Lancaster Avenue in Reading. Call 610-929-2004. In-home oxygen. Penn State Health St. Joseph is here for all your health and wellness needs. We have all the components to get you back to the health you need. Our primary care physicians and specialists see you soon. Our urgent care centers see you quickly. Our emergency room sees you now, and our on-demand app sees you anytime. Whether it's our primary care, urgent care, emergency care, or on-demand care, Penn State Health St. Joseph delivers the best care anywhere. Visit us on the web at thefutureofhealthcare.org. Back here at the half, wild, uh, interesting turn of events there at the end. Uh, we have it marked as a turnover by Governor Mifflin, a Burke's Catholic recovery, and Burke's Catholic declining a holding penalty against the Mustangs. Otherwise, it would have been Governor Mifflin football and, uh, by our accord, an untimed play there at the end of the half where literally anything could happen. So the easiest thing for Burke's Catholic to do was just decline, move on with their lives, and kick it away to Mifflin to begin the second half. So taking a look at some of the stats here, I'll let you uh, tally everything up. But by my count, Caccioni has been the main force here for Burke's Catholic. And unfortunately, it hasn't been too any kind of uh, positive attributes at all because he has two catches for seven yards and he has 11 carries uh, by my count for about 13. So not much going on. J.J. Jordan has been much better and much more productive. Luke Hughes as well diving up the middle. Uh, but Burke's Catholic really unable to get an awful lot going on the offensive side of the football. Meanwhile, to no surprise, Governor Mifflin only running the football. They have no passing plays here at all today. Uh, it was all about Rock and Gallon just diving up the gut, getting big chunks of yards, and gashing the Burks Catholic defense. And Singleton finally coming on here as of late. I have him with about seven carries for about 46 yards and two scores here at the half. So, Mike, you've been uh, kind of tallying everything up. What do you see here in the first half? You know, ironically enough, I think both teams have run the ball or, or have had 25 offensive plays for, for both teams. Um, I've got Mifflin 196 yards, two scores, two turnovers. I've got Burst Catholic at 84 yards with no scores uh, and no turnovers. Um, obviously, the punt with the snap over the head was a huge play and, and a turning point there. Uh, but again, you know, you, you take away that one or two bad plays on Burks Catholic, had the ball, you know, fourth and, and one from the three, four-yard line, couldn't convert there. Who knows where this game would be? It could be 13-7 right now. And, and I think that's one of the things that, you know, obviously BC takes to the locker room and says, hey, we're in the game, but we should be have scored here and made this a game in the second half. If you're, if you're Governor Miffin, you go in time and say, hey, we haven't played great. We've turned the ball over twice, but we know we can move the ball down the field methodically here and score if we need to. Feels like a little bit of a missed opportunity there for Burks Catholic. You know, unable to punch it in from just outside the goal line, uh, having that fourth down and one. We thought it was a first and goal, uh, but it turns out that they ended up turning it over on downs. And with 
a score there, you would have basically cut the lead in half. Could have been 13-6, 13-7. Uh, and then you're looking at a much different ball game because Mifflin turning it over on the next drive as they were moving from the three-yard line. Certainly looked like they were on their way to score with a 97-yard drive. End up turning the ball over. Burks Catholic recovering, uh, but unable to do much of anything with it. Givens had to punt it away after a, a handful of plays. And Burks Catholic going into the locker room, completely shut out here, 13-0. As we take a look around Berks County here, thanks to Mike MikeDragoSports.com, his ever-useful Week 10 scoreboard. At the half, Wilson and Mannheim Township, also in a real barn burner. That one's 7-7 after 24 minutes of play. Mifflin, of course, leading Berks Catholic 13-0. Muhlenberg over top of Redding High. Muhlenberg, again, looking to break a 26-game losing streak that spans three seasons as they have a two-touchdown lead over Redding in the second quarter. Hamburg and Schuylkill Valley tied at seven. Fleetwood over top of Kutztown, 28 to nothing in the second. And it looks like Upper Marion leading Boyertown, 13 to nothing. That was last updated in the first quarter of play. And then tomorrow's games, you're looking at Twin Valley taking on Gettysburg. And we laughed. Uh, why missing also taking on Conrad Weiser. I said it would be an interesting game, and Mike said, yeah, Wyo wins by 35. <laughs> but, which could be interesting to some people. I, I don't want to dismiss those people who find that interesting. I, I just don't believe that Wyo missing has the – I think Wyo missing has the ability to score a, a ton of points. Again, a wing T team, uh, you know, they have played in all types of weather as they won state championships, district titles, and, and I'm not sure Governor Mifflin has – the balance in their offensive attack to stay with that uh, that governor that that uh, Wyoming Spartan offense and and defense for that matter. Yeah, Weiser, the top uh, passing offense here in Berks County, or one of them at the very least. Uh, they are absolutely towards the top. It'll at least be interesting. It's certainly a measuring stick for the scouts tomorrow. Absolutely. You know, I, I'm I'm very intrigued by the Hamburg Schuylkill Valley score. You know, it's 7-7 there. Hamburg's a three-rated team right now in AAA. Schuylkill Valley's the 10th seed. Right now, only eight teams make it. Anvil Cleona's going to lose tonight. I don't know about Northern Lebanon, but could Schuylkill Valley with a win slip in at 3-7 and seven to the district playoffs? And it would certainly hurt Hamburg. Hamburg's going to drop probably down to 6 or 7. Um, be interesting to see how that game works out and what happens with it. But I, I'm not sure what Northern Lebanon plays. If you're able to, who, who do you have them with? They're playing Octorera at okay. home. Octorera seven and two this yes. year in Quad A, so that could very well be chalked up as a loss for the Vikings. Yeah, you know Octorera, a team that's been down for many years. New coach last recent last few years, a Quad A school. Um, you know that is going to be a tough game. So Schuylkill Valley at three and seven with Bruce Harbaugh as the head coach there could sneak into the playoffs here on the last Friday of the season uh, if they're able to pull off the upset against Hamburg, which I think would be a huge upset. Hamburg 5-3, third in the district, Schuylkill Valley 2-7, tenth in the district, and, and a chance to win that game. Well, and at last update, Octorera leading Northern Lebanon 22-7 in the first quarter, and that was about half an hour ago. I doubt that things have changed for the better for the Vikings. Right, and who does Ann, does, do you, can you find out who Anvil plays? I certainly can. Oh, they have Elko, I believe. Uh, that would should be a loss for Anvil Cleona. Uh, Elko not nearly as 
uh, prolific as they have been in years past. Obviously, they ended up losing their all-state quarterback, well, all-state safety athlete, whatever you want to call him, Braden Bohannon, now playing at LVC. Right. Uh, but Quarterback yeah. at LVC, yes. He is playing quarterback at LVC. Yeah, he beat my Franklin Marshall diplomats in the first game of the season, and it was very weird being able to watch him uh, at the collegiate level. Uh, but, yeah, Elko playing Anvil Cleona tonight. Uh, Elko, again, they lost to Columbia last week by seven, lost to Octorera as well. Uh, they've been able to beat up on teams like Northern Lebanon, Peckway Valley, and Schuylkill Valley as well. Had a very close game to Conrad Weiser in the second game of the season in an entertaining 35-32 game. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Anvil Cleona playing the Raiders tonight. So we will take a quick break here during halftime and be back. We'll be back here on the Saint Sports Network. Christy Pearsall for Exeter Tax Collector. Hi, I'm Christy Pearsall. I possess a business management degree, and in my 27-year professional career in bookkeeping and accounting, I have managed multi-million dollar companies with unerring accuracy and strict adherence to all of the rules. As a devoted mom, wife, friend, and community member, I've devoted my spare time to volunteering as a treasurer of multiple boards, including Riften APT, EHS Boys and Girls Across, and coaching multiple Exeter Youth League teams. Please vote for me, Christy Pearsall, for Exeter tax collector commitment integrity experience paid for by the candidate in-home oxygen has all the products you need to reduce strain improve ligament stability and protect healing tissue we will work with your orthopedic specialist to treat chronic pain overuse injuries sprains, strains and arthritis we also offer solutions for injury prevention pre and post surgery treatment and rehabilitation from the leading manufacturers in the field no matter the brace you need in-home oxygen offers low and high impact bracing solutions for everyday activities and sports our fit specialists can help you get back to your favorite activities today and experience a better quality of life that's in-home oxygen and medical equipment on the web at inhomeoxygen.net. Again, 13-0 Mustangs over top of the Saints here at the half as we wait for both teams to eventually make their way out onto the field. Probably should have started a running clock for 15 minutes. What were we thinking? What were we thinking? Instead, we're at the mercy of the live stream that we are watching. We should give props to easternpafootball.com and Bruce Badgley for bringing this game online so that we can watch it indoors from the comfort of Jerry's own living room. I, I, I'm thinking this is more of a studio, Ryan, not like a living room. This to me is more of a studio. Well, if you've ever been in Jerry's studio, you'd see that he there's no actual, I mean, he has very beautiful pictures of his family up on the wall, but it's not nearly the uh, the foam literally spotted everywhere with like double-sided tape on the back of it. It's not double-sided tape. It's not double It is Jerry's magnetic personality. And, just and this is what the uh, sponsors pay for right here. This, this, is the, this is what makes Jerry Geloff Media different than everyone else. That's is that right. You don't get insight to other production studios and, and things of that nature. And this sets us apart from everyone else, I believe. Do we want to tell the full story while, while, why we are here? So, 
WEEU is currently broadcasting the game from inside the press box. Uh, EasternPAFootball.com is also apparently squeezing into the press box, sitting on a lap, I think, uh, close to the door. And we were squeezed out, and we were supposed to have our own tent, uh, but given the weather conditions, there was no way that a tent was possible or feasible here tonight. Uh, so here we are, nice, warm, cozy, and dry uh, as we gear up for the third quarter of action, which, again, we're making do with what we have. We have the live feed here on the big screen. We have no access to pretty much anything else beyond that. Uh, absolutely no idea what the clock says, but we do have the score and uh, a song in our heart. So that's what we're we're rolling with here tonight. Uh, what song do you have in your heart? Because I, I was wondering about that. Well, right now it's Locust Lane Craft Brewery's Fluffy Sunshine, a 4.5% New England Pale Ale. Well, I didn't go with the double IPA to start tonight. I figured that I should be coherent, so I started with the four and a half percenter. Interesting score here in 5A, 4A. Cocalico was up on Mannheim Central, 14 to 7 at the half. Um, that That's an interesting game because that would knock Mannheim Central out of the top four. Uh, again, the, uh, you know, the other network... Uh, and the Extra Sports Network would certainly be, you know, even more disappointed by that, considering what happened today with the PIAA and District 3, not awarding them the forfeit win over Daniel Boone, uh, which would have held their spot or moved it up. Uh, but tonight, you know, obviously, you know, Burst Catholic is going to come out of this game, and who, and who knows, they've got a chance in the second half. You know, there's been two turnovers. There's been the, the bad snap and the punt. The weather's not getting any better. You know, if you can just stay close, get a break, stay close. You know, we always talk about building the upset. Right. You know, building the upset at this point, they're still in striking distance. They need one play here to break, you know, hit Jordan out in the flat. He breaks the tackle and goes 80 yards for a touchdown. You kick the extra point. It's 13-7. The game stays close. You keep going on. You get some turnover late in the game. Burst Catholic punches it in and wins the game. So this game's not out of hand, and, and we go back to that drive where they had the ball fourth and, fourth and one from the three or four-yard line. You know, they tried to throw a pass to Caccioni in the flat. It wasn't there. They score there. This is a completely different game at this point. The fact they were able to stop Governor Mifflin on those two last drives of the half keeps them in the game. It is, but it obviously could have been a lot different, too, because... Berks Catholic not converting on that. If Mifflin didn't turn it over on the next drive, I mean, they were driving. They were doing their thing. I mean, Singleton was racking up yards. Gallon, Rock, they were all punching it in. Like, they were doing a fantastic job moving the football off of their own three-yard line. And you think, all right, well, that's seven points missed by Berks Catholic. Mifflin's going to drive down. They're going to put another seven on, on the board. They're going to get the ball back after the second half. They could put another seven on the board. And then you're looking at a four-score game before Burke's Catholic really gets a chance to even get the ball back. So for Burke's Catholic, this is a crucial drive against Governor Mifflin as they run back out onto the field and probably going to do their uh, circle ritual to warm up uh, here on their right-hand side of the field. But you know, for Burke's Catholic, you have to stop Mifflin on this drive. The next time that you get the ball back, you can't be down three scores. Yeah, that's a great point, Ryan. That, that is absolutely a great point. That this, this defensive stand here coming out in the second half is crucial to the success of this game because if they go down three scores, this game is over. I, I don't think there's any chance that BC is going to score three times and not have Mifflin score again. 
But if they can stop them, get the ball back, and make something happen here, keep it close. You know, again, I always talk to Jerry about this, how you build the upset. You've got to stay close into the fourth quarter. If you're a one-score game into the fourth quarter, anything can happen. We, we saw that ball get kicked around from the 35-yard line across midfield at the end of the half. That's 17, 18 yards of a fumble. Yeah. If that ball's on the 35-yard line and goes backwards 17, 18 yards, you throw a pass, one guy misses coverage, you win the game in the last play of the game. The opportunity is still there if I'm BC. And again, this is a team that has played in huge games over the last few years. BC has been a tremendous football program as far as districts and things like that. They have players, Caccione, Jordan, who can make big plays for them. Um, they're not out of this game yet. They are not. But we will take a quick break and hopefully be back by the time that the second half gets underway. You're listening to the Saint Sports Network. Seasons Cafe in Flying Hills scratches your gourmet itch. Chef Joe Church has been serving Redding's culinary community for 35 years with delicacies like sea bass, Norwegian trout, galamad, and the house favorite, sautéed soft-shell crabs. Seasons has a TripAdvisor rating of 4.9 out of 5 and serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner Wednesday to Sunday with a Sunday brunch to live for. That's Seasons Cafe in the Flying Hills Center. Check us out on Facebook for hours of operation. And we're back here from Jerry's living room, fresh for the second half. Studio. I, studio. Living room studio. There you go. The pictures on the walls do absorb the sound very well, so there shouldn't be an awful lot of uh, echoing here in a the lot, living room. A lot of beautiful pictures, by the way. You know, I, I, a lot of family beautiful pictures. I, you know, your, 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 your studio is well decorated. None of Jerry, but I'm sure you everyone have, else in I'm the I'm sure you had no part in the decor, so I'm just going to say, when I say that, I, I don't mean you. But, you know, I know who I'm saying that to. I got nothing for that. I got nothing for gym socks. As we see Brooks Catholic on the field here, as they're going to tee it up to start the second half, they're going to kick it off with Andrew Gonzalez kicking off the senior uh, as he tees it up on the left hash here. Yep, usually going Gonzalez for kickoffs, Gibbons for just about everything else. But Gonzalez also not kicking it in the air that often. You, it's usually a squib kick up the middle. Onside and this kick. time an onside kick attempt. It oh, gets it to the get 45. It did not did get not anywhere get close yards. to 10 yards. Not even close. As it was fielded at the 45-yard line. Yeah. And, I mean, I get it. You're excited to... You know, have nobody around you for five yards, but there's a reason for that. Not a very good onside kick attempt. And, you know, for Catholic, I completely understand that. Same as I did the Eagles on, you know, Sunday. Like, I understand, or Thursday, Sunday? Thursday. Uh, yeah. Whichever day you were talking about. Whichever, whichever day. Game. But same thing. They come out in the second half, need to get something going. You know, don't necessarily hate the call. Uh, but in this case, they fielded after six yards, it looks like, and now you're giving Mifflin a short field. That's the drawback. Yeah, Cole Barker there, you know, fielded the kick and then, you know, realized, oh, I'm only six yards, not ten. And we get Johnson off the right side here, starting off the dive, kept it himself, turned the corner, picks up about eight, nine yards here to start the second half. Yep, so that is Eden Johnson. Looks like he's going to be a yard or two shy. 
the Brute logo right over top of the yard marker, so very difficult to see, but I can tell you that it's second down with complete confidence. Handoff up the middle to Singleton. Singleton breaking one tackle, ends up tripping up himself, and they finally will see where he ends up getting tripped up. Let's say they're going to probably give him the 20-yard line here. Let's see. They're going to nope. mark him back a few yards, but it is going to be at the 21-yard line and a first down. Yeah, like we talked about it here in, in the halftime, if, if Mifflin punches this in and goes up 21 nothing, uh, you know, I think it's a, a valiant, valiant fight for the uh, Saints, but I think that's going to be too much. Singleton lined up in the backfield. This time, dive play again. Goes up the middle to Gallon. Gallon is in for the score, basically untouched up the middle. Yeah, they ran a little trap play there again, which was something we had not seen from Mifflin in, in, in the film I've watched and the games I've seen them play. That's the first time this game. I, we've seen Rock run a couple times. It's like the third time we've seen the trap play. And he went untouched for, what, 20 yards, 21 yards? About 21, yeah. By my count, Gallon with about 61 yards on four carries. Uh, he may have had an extra one or two slip in there, but it'll make it 19-0 Governor Mifflin. And once again, looking like they're keeping their offense on the field going for two. Yeah, let's see what they do here. Oh, shotgun. Yeah, they have Adrian McNeil split out wide to the right. We're also moving Gallon. Well, they did have him almost as kind of a tight end there. Instead, he's in the backfield. And the play is blown dead. A little student body right action there. They're going to go both backs as the lead blockers for Johnson over the right-hand side. But they got a delay game. Tough call to get on a two-point conversion, a delay a game. I mean, in this situation, it looks like they are going to bring the kicker back out and just try to tack on the extra point to make it 20 to nothing. Yep, there's Jackson Schools right there putting the ball down, the, his block down the 15-yard line. Spot is down, the kick is up, and the kick is through. Just barely through. Just barely. 20 to nothing. Mustangs on top. It'll be Burke's Catholic ball when we return. You're listening to the Saints Sports Network. The arena's been shut. The ice has been melted. The stands have been empty, 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 but a new day has dawned. The lights are back on. The ice is frozen. The boys are back. It's time to get back to hockey. Your Running Royals and the ECHL are back at Santander Arena. The 2021-22 season starts on October 22nd. Get your tickets now. We'll sell you the whole seat, but you'll only need the edge. 20 to nothing, Mustangs over top of Burke's Catholic. And pretty much exactly what we feared coming in here. Uh, Mifflin scoring quickly uh, and Burke's Catholic going down by three scores has come to fruition here as it is a three-score game. A little squib kick once again up the middle. This one's going to go through the legs, probably mercifully, into the arms of Caccioni. Caccioni making two players miss. He's across the 30, 40, 45. 
just shy of the 45-yard line. So probably the best thing that could have happened there on the kickoff is getting it to Christian Caccioni, and he's able to break it just shy of the 45. You know, if I'm Burks Catholic next week, I put in a play where on the kickoff when they squib it to Brown, he takes the ball and throws it back to Caccioni right away. I think to me that's the best way they can go about getting their return going. Probably. <clears throat> Want to get the ball into your hands of the best playmaker as possible, and that would be Jordan and Caccioni. This time trying to go up the middle with Hughes, and Hughes once again racking off a decent chunk of yards, probably gaining about five there. And that would be about his fourth carry for 21. So kind of surprising that they haven't gone to Hughes a little bit more often. You see how well it's worked for Governor Mifflin so far this entire game. And just the fourth carry for Hughes by my count. Yeah, and he's, he's gotten you know good yardage every time he's carried the ball, except for one time, I think. Um, little twins action here. They got him. Just going to run the ball to Caccioni again. And there's Johnson coming downhill again from a safety position and just sticking him. Caccioni barely getting back to the line. Maybe a gain of a yard. It'll make it third down and about two yards. Ball sits just outside the 50 on the Burks Catholic side. This is a huge first down just, just for the sake of this game. This time, Gatz throwing the ball, throwing it long, and nearly intercepted. It's going to be incomplete. Singleton on the breakup. Looks like he was looking for Givens. His tight end down the seam. Yeah, Gatz throws in the double coverage there. He had you know, Singleton in, in defending uh, Givens, and then they had Johnson over the top. Um, yeah, I just didn't understand that call there. Well, and probably not understanding this call either. Fourth down and two, and you're deciding to punt the ball away down three scores here in the third quarter. And I onside kick to start the half. And I, I'm fourth and two, fourth and three. Good kick, though. Good kick. I'm not quite sure where it went because the camera cuts off around the 10-yard line. So I guess we'll find out when they spot the football. I'm but it either went out of bounds or it was an excellent kick and it pinned him inside the 10. I'm going to go inside the 10. Let's just see. Well, it see looks like happens. they are marking it inside the 10-yard line. There you line. go. See? Wow, inside the 5. At the 3-yard line. So once again, Mifflin will have to drive 97 yards. Last time they tried to do it, they turned the ball over. So what you're saying is they haven't done it yet. Still a good opportunity for him to add a chunk of yardage. As you talked about, at the half, they went for just shy of 200 yards, which is pretty much right on the mark. Rain or shine, be damned, it's going to end up being Governor Mifflin going for about 400 yards a game. So I imagine you're going to give the dive back here. Nope, quarterback kept it that It time. is going to be a quarterback keeper across the 15, 20, 25, still on his feet across the 30. And you know, Johnson, huge gain there. When you're a running back in that situation, you, your number gets called. You think, hey, I've got a chance to set a school record here. That's the first thought that's always in your head when the ball's inside the five. And, and you're a running back and you think, hey, i got a chance. Or if it's a pass play, I've got a chance to set the school record for the longest completion in, in the history of the school. And, you know, Johnson had a chance there. If he breaks one more tackle, who knows? He just kept on his feet there going right up the middle and making players miss. About 29 yards for him. Yeah, absolutely. So... Got him out of bad field position and a good run for him. Singleton again in the backfield. Minnick 
I think trying to figure out what the play is. Now he's finally up at the line again, a dive play. And this time well defended by the Saints as Luke Hughes in on the tackle. You know, I think the case of many of the games here for Berks Catholic, you know, you're playing good defense. Um, you know, you've done a nice job for the whole game. Uh, if you're not able to score, though, it just isn't going to work in these games. And now, you know, we talk about the wing T offense. You know, unless you have a prolific passing attack, which you usually don't in the wing T offense, you run a lot of keep pass, you run a lot of waggle. You're not fooling anybody with the play action anymore when you're down by three scores. Not like that, and not trying to sneak it down the seam to your tight end. Fortunately, your tight end, one catch all year, and it came last week for 20 yards. So not quite fooling anyone there either. Usually, like I said, on those plays, they would try to go play action, and they would have Gats roll out to his weak side, throwing against the grain. Uh, that was their bread and butter for a handful of weeks where it actually worked to great success. And unfortunately, not the case there as they keep him in. It was pretty much just a straight pass play as Burks Catholic looking for a false start, and I believe that they're going to get it here against Mifflin. Yeah, they did get the they emphatically were pointing to the right tackle, jumping off sides there. Uh, I don't know if they called it right away, but the enthusiasm of saying he jumped off sides by the defense, I think, forced the referee to call the penalty. He had about three Saints players all pointing at the right guard, and, well, in that case, yeah, they probably right. <laughs> I'll back him up inside the 30 down to the 29. 20 to nothing, Governor Mifflin on top of Burks Catholic. Mifflin trying to seal this one off here in the third quarter. This time Catholic looking like they're trying to draw another penalty, but won't be able to do so. The handoff is to Singleton. He's able to get about three or four. And it will make it third down and nine for the Mustangs. Nice shot there by backup linebacker number two. Um, that's Aaron, it would be Aaron uh, Reinhardt. Yeah, nice job there coming up and making the play there. Uh, Aaron Reinhardt in for the other uh, linebacker right now. Made a nice play there. First time I've seen him in the game tonight. So Huddleston lined up here at the right end position. Givens on the left. Gonna bring a blitz here. Here comes a blitz. This time, quarterback keeper trying to go up the middle again. He's able to gain a handful of yards. It'll come close, but he's going to be shy by a few. Another keeper by Johnson. Yeah. Uh, South came in all blitz. They brought both their backers up to the outside, pinched them down hard, uh, trying to get a stop there on third down. They did it. Let's see what Mifflin's going to do now. Fourth and two for the Mustangs. And, I mean, you could afford to punt it away here. Really a no danger, 20 to nothing. And it... Now, Trey like Rock is the punter, so let's see if he's in the game. If he stays here, let's see what happens. I imagine they'll go for it. I, I would assume so much. as well. Yeah, they have Eden Johnson coming back into the game. And they are going to go for it. Maybe try and draw BC offsides here, too. Let's see what happens. Two in the backfield, one in motion. Pitch play to Singleton. Singleton has the first down. They ran Aiden Martin in motion. And ended up as almost kind of a lead blocker there. Uh, but Singleton taking the pitch out across the 45 for the first down. 
you know, the bad part there for BC is they had a player right there to make the tackle, number 20, Trace Brown, in the backfield, and, and Singleton just kind of ran through the tackle and picked up the first down, moved the chains, and keeps the clock running. Looks like Huddleston is down for the second time here tonight. We'll take a quick commercial break during the injury timeout and be right back. You're listening to the Saints Sports Network. has all the products you need to reduce strain, improve ligament stability, and protect healing tissue. We will work with your orthopedic specialist to treat chronic pain, overuse injuries, sprains, strains, and arthritis. We also offer solutions for injury prevention, pre- and post-surgery treatment, and rehabilitation from the leading manufacturers in the field. No matter the brace you need, in-home oxygen offers low and high-impact bracing solutions for everyday activities and sports. Our fit specialists can help you get back to your favorite activities today and experience a better quality of life. That's in-home oxygen and medical equipment on the web at inhomeoxygen.net. Well, the first down run is a handoff to Singleton. Singleton able to get about four or five on the play. Gets it right to midfield, right over top of the halo in the Saints S. It'll be a second down and six. Once again, Minnick split out wide left here. They're going to throw for the first time. All game. Nope, just kidding. Ends up pulling it back out across for a first down, down to the 40-yard line. A pickup of 10 for Eden Johnson, and that will move the chains. Yeah, Johnson went back. He was going to look for a hitch and go there to uh, Minnick on the outside. Well covered by Armstead. Just pulled it down and ran for a first down. I'll mark him at the 41-yard line. Smithlin trying to go up four scores here. Seven years ago. Again, 20 to nothing. Once again, going right up the middle and dragging some tacklers with him, still on his feet. And that was Gallon again. Gallon, some hard running here tonight. There's another excellent run from him, taking it from the 49 and going all the way down just shy of the 20. Mithlin goes a little bit of hurry up here. Lines up right back on the ball. See if they pitch it here to Johnson. Oh, back to Gallon up the middle. He's stuffed hard by Colazzo. Well done by the nose tackle. It's the first time we've seen him go hurry up offense there. and Didn't really give him a whole lot of success. And they're back to it again. Right back to it again. It is a short play. Once again, it's going to be Johnson. Fumbled the ball. BC recovered it. Let's see if they call it a fumble or not. Well, Armistead comes up with it from one number three to the other. And it is going to be Burke's Catholic football. So as we talked about, no, they cannot go 97 yards and score. Second time that they took over on the three-yard line and ending up fumbling the football back to Burke's Catholic. I'm concerned by what background music we're going to get now. 
it might be the uh, the scary scream soundtrack coming up at this point for in preparation for Halloween. I'm just waiting to see. But nice job by Burst Catholic there to stop them. They they created a turnover again. We say these conditions, the ball's popping out. A third turnover again by Mifflin in these conditions. But again, give BC credit. You know that they that that score certainly would have put the game out of reach. Certainly would have, just like the last time that Mifflin tried doing so, and the fumble oh, by Burke's Catholic, and Mifflin recovers. So much for that. That's that's a shame. You know, BC tried to run a little guard trap there to Hughes. Ball popped out. Mifflin recovers it, and now they're going to be inside the 10-yard line going goal to goal here. It is inside the 10 in an unfortunate turn of events. Burke's Catholic trying to hold on to any hope possible here, and instead Mifflin now with a chance to go up by four scores. Also hoping that you're enjoying the stadium crowd sound effects. It is a full one hour of sound effects from YouTube to give us some ambient noise here in the Jerry Galef living room studio. Well, it's the same thing the NFL did last year, so it makes sense. Handoff is to Singleton. Singleton's going to go untouched. Well, now he's touched in the end zone, but... About eight well, yards deep in the yeah, end zone. Yeah. Well after he already broke the plane so singleton's going to go out from about eight his third score of the day and i mean not much that you need to say about nick singleton everything that's said about that young man is on point he is a phenomenal athlete he does a tremendous job as a football player i, I don't know the young man personally but everything you hear about him he's a terrific young man very humble um you know, so again, all the thing he gets as far as accolades, he certainly deserves. Mifflin trying to go for two, and they'll get it. Well, they showed that play last time. They jumped off sides, and uh, there it is again. So it'll make it a nice and tidy 28 nothing advantage for Mifflin. Burks Catholic receiving the kickoff when we return. You're listening to the Saints Sports Network. Seasons Cafe in Flying Hills scratches your gourmet itch. Chef Joe Church has been serving Redding's culinary community for 35 years with delicacies like sea bass, Norwegian trout, galamad, and the house favorite, sautéed soft-shell crabs. Seasons has a TripAdvisor rating of 4.9 out of 5 and serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner Wednesday to Sunday with a Sunday brunch to live for. That's Seasons Cafe in the Flying Hills Center. Check us out on Facebook for hours of operation. 28-0, just about to kick it away. Sorry, I was telling the story about how I did bump into Nick Singleton this week. Didn't actually get to talk to him, but he was ordering bagels at New York Bagelry. So if you want the inside scoop, there it is. He was at the Shillington one, which only had three employees, by the way. Didn't answer the phone, so I had to go in in person. I know. It's definitely first world problems at its finest. Do they advertise with us? Because I don't really think we should mention them if they don't advertise for us. I just well, I'm not exactly giving them a glowing review right now either. So. Oh, onside kick. An onside kick attempt by Governor Mifflin. and They blew it dead offsides? I don't know what happened. They did blow it dead. Mifflin recovered it. I'm not sure why the onside kick there. And you're up 28-0. Burks Catholic has really not shown you much of anything here. 
Looks like they jumped off sides. It is going to be a penalty against Governor Mifflin, so they'll mark it back five yards. Now probably just a straight kickoff attempt here. So we'll be waiting anxiously for Monday as District 3 championships, all the official brackets will be released. Onside kick and again. Once again, this one getting recovered inside the 45-yard line of the Saints. I, I'm not sure what Governor Rippon's trying to accomplish there. And the coach on the sideline's emphatic about trying to get the ball back. It's 28 nothing. You know, late in the third quarter, Mifflin hasn't, you know, given up much. I'm not sure I agree with the onside kick there. I'm not sure where why you're doing it. Well, Mifflin has scored no less than 42 points in a game this year. And they have the whole fourth quarter yet. And they still have all the fourth quarter. They only need two more scores. Gats handing off to Caccioni. Caccioni cutting back to his left. He, he the lost ball. the football. Berks Catholic recovering the football. And it's going to be for a loss of a yard or two. I'll tell you what, Eden Johnson has laid the wood from his safety position all night long, and unfortunately it's been against Christian Caccioni every single time. He's the guy who came up there from the safety position, laid the wood on Caccioni, ball came squirting out, thankfully into the hands of another Burks Catholic player. But give Eden Johnson a ton of credit from his safety position just coming downhill. There's no pass threat, so the safeties get involved in a run. He's done a fantastic job here all game long, not only on the defensive end, but also offensively. He has over 50 yards rushing from the quarterback position. As Gatz handing off to Jordan. Jordan trying to make magic happen. He's able to squirt across the line of scrimmage. And barely up to about the 44-yard line. It'll bring up third down and about eight for the Saints. I'm a... Uh Showed some things here by our producer, Jerry Geloff, and so just to update you on the score, uh, Fleet was up 49-16 over Kutztown at the end of the third quarter. And I was taking a look at some other media. Wilson over top of Ta Mannheim Township in the third quarter, 14-7. to uh, If you were still interested in that Lampeter-Strasburg game and how it might affect Burke's Catholic, well, they're over top of Lebanon 68 to nothing in the third quarter. Little pitch play to Caccioni. Caccioni going off the right side. He's across the 50. Once again, getting a pop right at the end of that play. Looks like he has enough for a first down. It's hard to see exactly who it was, but it looked like Jordan Kirshner coming across from his linebacker position to make the stop. It will be a first down as the chain gang is moving. Yeah, that was senior linebacker Jordan Kirshner, number six, 5'7", uh, senior. Um, haven't called his number much tonight, but he, he did lay the wood there again. Caccioni's going to have a nice morning tomorrow morning. Well, he's young, so if that happened to us, we would not be having a good morning. They're going to fake the pitch. Instead, it's a handoff to Jordan. Jordan getting tripped up, but it looks like enough for another first down. And it is, as the chain gang once again moving. Jordan has done a fine job when he's been able to touch the football here tonight. Over 50 yards on the ground. 
Caccione has struggled here as they have really keyed on in on him. Not like what most teams attempt to do. This time, we'll dive play again, barely back to the line is Hughes. Again, I give a ton of credit here to Trey Rock. He is not fooled, does a great job reading the guards, got a guard trap there to Hughes and just filled that hole right line of scrimmage. And he's done it all night long. You have a lot of fantastic seniors on this Governor Mifflin team. And, I mean, you're, we've talked about Trey Rock all night. we talked about Eden Johnson, both at quarterback and defensive back, coming down from a safety position. Obviously, you talk about Nick Singleton at running back and cornerback. You know, they have a lot of senior leadership here. And quite obviously, it shows a lot of dividends. Up 28 to nothing. Caccione. Going to get spun down here short of the line of scrimmage. He tried to bounce that back outside when he ran into a wall there. Looks like it'll be at the 35-yard line. And again, not exactly an all-22 camera angle here, so... It's more of a tight wide here as we go into the fourth quarter. That'll be the end of the third quarter here. As we said, Governor Mifflin up 28-0 over Burks Catholic. As we head to the fourth, you're listening to the Saints Sports Network. Nothing Mifflin on top. As they are still huddling up here in preparation for the fourth quarter. Again, Burks Catholic trying to get on the board. They tried the onside kick at the beginning of the second half. Only down 13 nothing. Trying to Put a spark into their team, but they recovered it about four yards too early. And since then, Mifflin putting up two more scores, 15 points in the quarter for the Mustangs. And Burks Catholic is going to hit that mythical line for them, 35-yard line. <clears throat> Was it third and nine here? It is. Third down and nine from the 35-yard line. Looks like a little reverse handoff there. Caccione this time across the 20. 15, 10, 5, and tackled inside the five-yard line by Kirshner. And they ran a, a jet sweep there to J.J. Jordan. Jordan hands it off to Caccione, coming back over the right side and, and got that ball down inside the five. Again, not, not that they're going to come back and win here in the fourth quarter, but it's nice for them to get a score here and then you know get some points on the board for themselves. They've got some big district games coming up as well. It's guys get a little confidence here in the second half. Something to build on for the playoffs. 
Another update from the Pac-10. Boyertown 7, Upper Marion 13, midway through the third quarter. Oh, nice to see a close game there for Boyertown. Is Jordan going to get tugged down from behind? Not sure that's not a horse collar tackle there. I think he might have had the bottom of his jersey there. Is it? He has like the towel hanging out the bottom of his jersey on the backside, and looks like that was almost what he was tugged down by. Well, here it is, second and goal from the one. See if they go back to Hughes here up the middle. It would certainly be a good bet. I mean, it's not always a bad bet to hand it off inside the one-yard line to somebody who's six foot two, 215-plus pounds. Belly left here to Hughes. And there it is. Hughes up the middle, and he's going to be in for the touchdown. Burks Catholic getting on the board here at the start of the fourth quarter. It's 28-6, Mifflin. Anytime Burks Catholic runs that motion where the, the wingback comes across and squares up, they run belly to that. So nice job by BC, uh, getting themselves on the board here. I, I know it's the fourth quarter, but, again, something you can build on for the playoffs here going forward. You're, you're playing one of the top teams in the state, and you haven't given up. You haven't quit. Uh, Coach Kelly can certainly feel happy about the effort his guys are giving. They're battling the whole way here. And, again, you know, 10, 15 minutes ago, this was a two-score game. The extra point is up and good, so 28-7 to now as Burks Catholic putting up their first points of the day here in the fourth. It'll be Governor Mifflin football when we return. You're listening to the Saints Sports Network. Vote Christy Pearsall for Exeter Tax Collector. Hi, I'm Christy Pearsall. I possess a business management degree, and in my 27-year professional career in bookkeeping and accounting, I have managed multi-million dollar companies with unerring accuracy and strict adherence to all of the rules. As a devoted mom, wife, friend, and community member, I've devoted my spare time to volunteering as a treasurer of multiple boards, including Rifton APT, EHS Boys and Girls Across, and coaching multiple Exeter Youth League teams. Please vote for me, Christy Pearsall for Exeter Tax Collector. Commitment, integrity, experience. Paid for by the candidate. Well, again, 28 to seven here in the fourth quarter. We'll see what Burks Catholic decides to come out and do here. Again, tried an onside kick the last time. Would not be surprised. I mean, at this point, you really have nothing to, to lose and everything to gain by another offensive possession. And we'll see what Gonzalez does here. The lefty, this time, not even close, unfortunately. Not even giving Burke's Catholic a chance. That one didn't take any kind of hop. It just basically line-drived past the 50-yard line and recovered by Governor Mifflin. You know, the one thing Burke's Catholic coaches can show to their kids is they didn't quit. They tried to onside kick here. And so that's a good thing for BC. I know they didn't get it back, but, but the coaches are telling their kids, hey, we're playing this all the way out. So nice to see him trying to onside kick that. Um, you know, they didn't get it, but you got to take that shot there. So I appreciate that for and what we saw here. Handoff up the middle. And still moving the pile forward. Is Mifflin going to get an extra few yards out of that? Braylon Stewart, the quarterback there? It certainly looks like they did make a change here. As it is number... Looks like number seven. Looks Braylon like number Stewart. seven. And he's played receiver for them this year. He has not. I've not seen him play any quarterback all year long. And now he's 
Well, now he's going to be split out wide to the right here. So they have gone kind of back and forth. Delson McNeil, it looks like, is under center. They're going to hand off once again. That one going up the middle to Gallon. Gallon getting across the first down marker. Inside the Burks Catholic 40. They will mark it right on the 40-yard line. And keep rolling that clock down. You know, again, you know, I, I know Burks Catholic's not thrilled about the score here, but they're, they're not going to give up a mercy roll game here to Burks Catholic, or to uh, Governor Mifflin, who, again, is one of the best teams in the state, any class. Uh, and I think it's only the third time that, that Mifflin hasn't mercy ruled somebody. And I think every other game they mercy ruled people in the first half. This one once again, spinning and diving. Getting inside the 25 is Gallon. He's a, a, a tough haul to bring down. He's had an excellent game here as he has to be closing in close to 100 yards. He is just gashing him for 10, 15 yards a carry. They'll split out two wide to the right. It's Martin and Stewart. Looks like it's still McNeil under center. Singleton in the backfield. They are just going to go dive play, or this time they're going to fake it. And it is Eden Johnson running about 20 yards to gain five. <laughs> yeah. He went about five yards into the backfield and another 10 yards out towards the sideline and then finally five yards forward. He faked that dive option to the right, then booted out to his left. And like you said, he was like five, seven yards into the backfield and then tried to get upfield. Gained his five yards, but he, he, he ran a long way to gain five yards. Again, 28-7, to seven, Governor Mifflin on top, looking to make it 35. This time the handoff is to Singleton. Singleton going off the left side, bowls over a defender. And he's got to be close to a first down marker. They're going to mark him just shy. It's going to be third and short. A little counter play there to the left. They pull the, the right guard and tackle. Bring him around the left-hand side. You know, Singleton gets behind him. They, they kick out with the guard. They lead up with the fullback. Or, I'm sorry, the, the tight end or the tackle. Um, nice game there. Big play here. This is third and three. It is third down and short. Looks like they have to get to either the 10 or 11-yard line based on the marker. So it might be two or three. And again, they're going to go dive. And again, it's going to be up the middle for a touchdown. As Gallon, it'll be his second score of the day. And it will make it 34-7, to seven, Governor Mifflin. Yeah, just gave the dive to the right-hand side there. And, and again, Gallon's a nice job of getting to that second level, making people miss, and then running through tackles. And he did it again there. Just ran through a couple arm tackles and, and, and put, punched into the end zone. And Gallon, the 5'10", buck 85 senior running back and linebacker. They're going to get ready to kick the extra point this time. And, well, hard to say if it went through or not. And it looks like it did. The score just updating. 35-7, to Governor Mifflin on top. It'll be Saints football when we return. You're listening to the Saints Sports Network.
out Christy Pearsall for Exeter Tax Collector. Hi, I'm Christy Pearsall. I possess a business management degree, and in my 27-year professional career in bookkeeping and accounting, I have managed multi-million dollar companies with unerring accuracy and strict adherence to all of the rules. As a devoted mom, wife, friend, and community member, I've devoted my spare time to volunteering as a treasurer of multiple boards, including Rifton APT, EHS Boys and Girls Across, and coaching multiple Exeter Youth League teams. Please vote for me, Christy Pearsall, for Exeter Tax Collector. Commitment. Integrity. Experience. Paid for by the candidate. 35-7. to 7, As I try to scarf down more wings, compliments of Jerry Galef Media. I'm not talking because I had wings in my mouth, so I didn't want to be rude. It is the one bright side. It's the first and only time that we've gotten food for a broadcast this year. I just said during the break, I can't wait for a wrestling season. You know, I'm hoping that Jerry's there with drinks and wings all year long. It'll be a wonderful wrestling season for extra wrestling. I may even go over with Coach Sol and do some uh, Burke Saints games uh, wrestling matches this year. There you go. Burke's Catholic recovering the squib kick early. It doesn't squirt through to the back line. And instead they will get the ball just shy of their own 45-yard line. Down by four scores. This one pretty well in hand. But the first-team offense still out there trying to work out some of the kinks against what is a top-quality defense. Absolutely. They've done a nice job. I said they, they, they've driven the ball down to the field a number of times inside the 10-yard line. You know, first half, they punched that ball in. Who knows where we are in this game, but it's nice to see them come out here and keep working and see what they can get done. So taking a look, I mean, certainly Burke's Catholic will fall from the number one seed. That seems pretty pretty obvious at this point. Bishop McDevitt will improve to 8-1 tonight. They are thrashing Hershey as Caccioni nowhere to go. He's going to end up losing more yardage here. As right now, McDevitt leading 35-0 over Hershey. As they will once again improve. And then, again, we talked about Lampeter Strasburg will improve to 9-1 as well. That one never really much in doubt. It was 41-0 in the first quarter. Have they it's, hit 100 yet? They have not. It's six, At least the last time that I've seen, it is 68-0 in the third quarter. But that was from half an hour ago. So, you know, hopefully they can make time speed up there if you're a Cedars fan. Pac-10 news here for one of our sister stations, Boyertown, the Bears Network. Uh, Boyertown trails midway through the fourth, 19-14 under Upper Marion. Handoff is the Jordan. Jordan's going to have a first down and more. He's across the 40, 35-30, down shy of the 25. So again, J.J. Jordan, one of the lone bright spots here for Burks Catholic tonight as he has had some very large gains on at least two or three occasions. And he's ripped off a large chunk of yardage here late. Again, the jet sweep has worked for him all night long. Um, you know, again, I, I I go back to that fourth down play where they threw the ball, something they don't do a great job with. You know, I, I don't understand why they try to get the ball to the playmakers. Here's Hughes up the middle on that little trap. Tackled by Trey Rock. Hughes, not much there. Trying to see if maybe Lebanon has a score update. They do not. Is that the Lampeter Strasburg game, Lebanon? <clears throat> not that uh, that's in, in much danger, but I would uh, say certainly Burke's Catholic will fall behind LS. 
Yeah, I agree. I think they'll fall to three. I gotta imagine that LS game is over. That had to be a running clock, and so I can't imagine you can score that many points with the running clock. Cacalico currently losing to Central twenty-eight to twenty. So once again, JJ Jordan gonna get body slammed here around the fifteen. Yeah, that was uh Lamage Northam, uh, senior 6'1", 175-pound senior, number 25, who's in the cornerback there for Nick Singleton. Yeah, so Cacalico losing to Mannheim Central here in the fourth quarter. If that would stand, I'd certainly think that Catholic would fall to third and probably no further than that because you're looking at Weiser probably losing as the number five seed tomorrow to Y missing. That Northern York is an interesting score, though. I wonder how they're doing tonight because that's a big game. Caccioni cutting back inside. He's going to get tripped up. Had he not gotten tripped, he would have been in for the score, but he's going to be inside the 10, down close to the 5. Northern York was playing Waynesboro here tonight. Which is a big game for 5A and 4A. And, and not to brag about, you know, saying what happened. I told you I was taking Muhlenberg tonight over Reading. 32-0 in the fourth quarter for the Mules over the Red Knights. And that is a final in Waynesboro. Waynesboro beating Northern York six to nothing. And what is probably the most interesting football score of the evening here so far? Yeah, that that certainly doesn't help Exeter. Uh, Waynesboro will stay then, as the I guess the five seed. Waynesboro currently the five seed. Spring if Central beating. wins, they'll probably yep. stay at three. Mifflin obviously going to stay at one. Ship right behind them at 10 and 0. How is Spring Grove um, Southwestern doing? Well, the handoff once again to Caccioni. Caccioni spun down outside of the five. Bulldogs now leading against Mannheim Township 21 14. 805 left there. That's a lot of time left that fourth quarter. That is. We have no idea how much time is left here in this fourth quarter, but it can't be all that much as the clock, once again, continuing to run. Well, it was a running play on the last play. As it is on this play, catching over the right side. Caccioni once again going to be short. So Burke's Catholic, again, struggling to punch it in here close. I'd go back to J.J. Jordan here. I, I just, you know, he has had great success on the edge. Uh, I know Caccioni's their guy, but Jordan's had success getting to the edge uh, as they run in, you know, Picardo here, as they rotate their, their wide receivers between Brown and <laughs> Picardo. Let's see if we get a jet sweep here. Bring me the motion, usual formation. The ball. Nope, we're going to get the reverse back inside. It is, and this time Caccioni in for the score. Caccioni able to get in, and it makes it 35-13 to 13 here in the fourth quarter. Best part about that is we're going to see another onside kick. Might see another onside kick. The last one was five yards short. Now we're going to have a flag well after the play. So I'm not sure if this will... Occur on the kickoff, or if this is going to be knocking him back 15 for the extra point attempt. We'll see. He's coming over here. That's just going to be a delay of game on... No, unsportsmanlike. Or unsportsmanlike, unsportsmanlike sorry. Yep. 
on Governor good. Mifflin. So that'll put the ball out at midfield, so it pays you to onside kick at that point. At that point, it makes sense. The last one was, first one was, I should say, about five yards too short. The next one was about five yards too long. This one should be just right. Third time's a charm. We're going to find out. Catholic out. Givens still waiting to kick the extra point here. Make it 35-14. As our referee gave the signal, he pointed back to the kickoff. So they'll take that penalty on the kickoff. Which I, oh, and he fumbled snap. Givens now trying to throw for the two-point conversion. Oh, it goes him. in and out of the hands. <laughs> trying to turn garbage into gold there. The quote Mark Zoom off. But it will be 35-13 when we return. You're listening to the Saints Sports Network. Penn State Health St. Joseph is here for all your health and wellness needs. We have all the components to get you back to the health you need. Our primary care physicians and specialists see you soon. Our urgent care centers see you quickly. Our emergency room sees you now, and our on-demand app sees you anytime. Whether it's our primary care, urgent care, emergency care, or on-demand care, Penn State Health St. Joseph delivers the best care anywhere. Visit us on the web at thefutureofhealthcare.org. I'm still 35-13. And now we get to see where Berks Catholic has to kick the onside kick, and it's at the Governor Mifflin 45-yard line. Good news is this. Gonzalez is going to try to kick the ball to the left here. Last time he went to the right, he teed it up for the left-hand side. Even though he was on the right-hand side, which I don't understand why. Let's see if he kicks it left here. Nope, going left again. Okay. That one doesn't take much of a bounce, and it's going to be trapped around the 35-yard line. So, again, that one was at least just right. It was recovered 10 yards, but unfortunately by Governor Mifflin. Got so no extra bounce anywhere in the whole series there, though. So It didn't. That one rolling almost right along the ground. As they recover it around the 34-yard line. Singleton still in the game. As is, well, quite literally everyone else. Gallon also at fullback. This time they're going to hand off to Singleton. Singleton across the 40. Gain of about six. I know he has three scores tonight, but what I wonder what his total yardage is. It has not been overly impressive, but he is going to close in oh. on 100 yards here. Here comes another penalty flag for unsportsmanlike conduct. Cacchione now pleading the case to the referees. So let's see what we get. And it is going to be against the Saints. Uh, looking at a score here for the end of the third quarter in the Lancaster Lebanon League, we've got Lampeter Strasburg leading Lebanon 74 to nothing. So you're uh, saying there's a chance? For there to be a mercy rule, yes, I'm saying there's <laughs> a chance. I'm not sure if that one is in Lebanon or not. I hope for Lebanon's sake it is, because that bus ride home would be a terrible bus ride home. 
So that burst that that personal foul against Burst Catholic. That's yeah. Nope, you're right. It is going to be a terrible bus ride home because they are <laughs> at Lampeter Strasburg tonight. Unfortunately. Well, the Pioneers have certainly rallied themselves and circled the wagons against the Cedars. It is the uh, second time they've given up over 70 points as a handoff here, cutting back to the right-hand side, still with room to gain. Looks like it's the quarterback. Yeah, Destin McNeil. Looks like it was McNeil, and I believe McNeil is in for the score. There he is. A big gain there for McNeil, and it will make it 41-13, to 13, Governor Mifflin. So they're about ready to hit their magic number as they have never scored less than 42 points this year. And a lot of with pressure an extra on the point, they'll right be right now. on the nose. A lot of pressure right now on Jackson Schools, the junior. That was much pressure as you could have in a <laughs> blowout victory. You got to keep the, uh, the average going. Kick is up. And assuming by the arms raised, it is good. So it would be 42-13, Governor Mifflin, when we return here on the Saints Sports Network. Seasons Cafe in Flying Hills scratches your gourmet itch. Chef Joe Church has been serving Redding's culinary community for 35 years with delicacies like sea bass, Norwegian trout, galamad, and the house favorite, sautéed soft-shell crabs. Seasons has a TripAdvisor rating of 4.9 out of 5 and serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner Wednesday to Sunday with a Sunday brunch to live for. That's Seasons Cafe in the Flying Hills Center. Check us out on Facebook for hours of operation. 42-13 Mifflin over top of Burke's Catholic. I'm not quite sure how much time is left, but Lord knows it can't be that much. As all running plays all the time here in the second half. As once again, booted up the middle. Looks like J.J. Jordan with it. Jordan across the 30, across the 40-yard line. And again, put the ball in the hands of J.J. Jordan, and he can make things happen. He's done so all game here. So, you know, Fortunately, they've gone with Caccioni more often than not. Brian, I don't understand the squib kick. We see it all the time, and teams are getting the ball to the 40-yard line all the time. I don't understand why we've given up on the 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 process of kicking the ball deep and covering and making plays. I see it all the time right now in high school sports. Unfortunately, it's an every game occurrence with Burks Catholic. But it's uh, not just Burks Catholic. Gonzalez hasn't kicked games. it deep all year. The handoff is to Jordan here. Jordan going to his right, cuts to his left, and he's going to be stopped across the line for a gain of one. Yeah, and it's not just Burks Catholic. It's It's quite literally all over the place that kicker's just afraid to to kick it deep. I don't think it's the kickers. I think it's the coaches. You know, it's one argument uh, or the one point I talk about every week in the extra games, whether it's extra or their opponents, squibbing the ball and the guy recovers the ball in the 30-yard line. He runs 10, 12 yards and has the ball to 42. And we're going to have an official's timeout here. 
So it doesn't look like Burke's Catholics even on the field. They're <laughs> over with their coaching staff. Uh, we do have player. an injury on the yep. floor on the field. The Red Sea is parted, and now we can see that there is a player on the field uh, just shy of the 40. So we'll take a timeout during the injury and be right back. 42-13 Mifflin leads when we return. You're listening to the Saints Sports Network. Dixon making the stop on J.J. Jordan. He's going to lose a few yards. It'll bring up third down and long on the 37-yard line for the Saints. Tried to run that little Sally back, but it just takes too long right now against this Mifflin defense. I'd like to see him just get the ball to Jordan as quickly as possible, let him get to the edge now and see what happens. Again, interesting to see that the Mustangs do have their first-team defense out there. I mean, you have Nick Singleton playing cornerback as Gatt's going to throw it, and Gatt's basically just heaving that one into the Mustang bench. Not close to anyone there. It'll bring up fourth down and long, and they're going to bring out the punt team. Yeah, it was like, what, third and 12, and he tried to throw a ball to a four-yard hitch? Or it might have been... That actually looks like it was fourth down. Looks like uh, Muhlenberg going to get off the schneid here, breaking that 26-game losing streak. They are currently up 38-0 over Redding. Oh, and they are going to punt it away, so that was third down. This one well done and well covered by the Saints, as that was number... 42, Michael Bradley coming down and making the stop. You're going back to that Muhlenberg game. Nice job by John Larchak, head coach at Muhlenberg, getting that win. You know, it, it's tough to go this long and not win a game and not lose your kids and things of that nature. And he's done a nice job of keeping that team together. And, and again, the output they've showed tonight to score that many points, you know, congratulations to them. That's a great job for them and, and something they needed, absolutely. Yeah, for Muhlenberg, really no close games this year. They lost to Ephrata 41-20 in the first game of the season. They lost to Sealing, Sealands Grove 20-3, and that was the closest that they came to victory was losing by 17. As another run up the middle, it's going to be close to a first down for the Mustangs. Once again, going up the middle to Gallon. This is the one thing about Governor Mifflin where I think they, they, they need to understand the situation. They're two weeks away from their first district game. They're looking to go long into the postseason. They've got a lot of their starters in the game here, in a game that is out of control. It's not coming back. It's 42-13. to 13. I don't understand what you're trying to accomplish at this point. You've got Gallon. You've got Johnson. You've got Singleton in the game. You've got your starting offensive line. Not sure I understand this. I mean, you're talking about a steady downpour all day. 
And I understand Singleton's not really touching the football, and you're probably not as concerned as handing it off to Gallon as you are, you know, arguably the number one running back in the country, but they're going to pick up a first down here to Gallon. Yeah, but here's my point. Let's just say someone rolls into Gallon's leg. Someone rolls into Singleton's leg. Someone rolls into McNeil's leg. Or your starting offensive tackles, or your center, or mm -hmm. your guard. I, I don't understand the need for that at this point. This game's well in hand. You've got to get ready. You're, you're looking to win a state title this year. Beating Burst Catholic by 35, 40 points, what is that going to get you at this point? Not much. Yeah, I'm sure James Franklin is watching this game. The victory formation here, we're at the end of the game. So, so. we are at the end of the game. They're just going to kneel down and, and take the W with all their starters on the field. So looks like they'll kneel it down one more time before the end of the game as they try to figure out the play clock and game clock. So Mifflin will improve once again to... 8-0, 3-0 in Burke's one play. Now we'll wait to see exactly who they're playing. Yeah, and credit to Mifflin. They, they, they're going to get a week off now. They've done a great job all season long. They have a tremendous team. And, again, a team, as I just said, they have aspirations to winning a state title, and they have the people to do it. Um, you know, they just got to get it done. So that will do it. Governor Mifflin going to take this one 42-13 on Burke's Catholic home turf. And a very wet and sloppy affair. Multiple fumbles all over the place, but Mifflin able to pull away, especially in the second half. 13-0 in the first. Pulling away here, 42-13. Your final score. We'll wrap this one up when we come back. You're listening to the Saints Sports Network. Penn State Health St. Joseph is here for all your health and wellness needs. We have all the components to get you back to the health you need. Our primary care physicians and specialists see you soon. Our urgent care centers see you quickly. Our emergency room sees you now, and our on-demand app sees you anytime. Whether it's our primary care, urgent care, emergency care, or on-demand care, Penn State Health St. Joseph delivers the best care anywhere. Visit us on the web at thefutureofhealthcare.org. In-home oxygen has all the products you need to reduce strain, improve ligament stability, and protect healing tissue. We will work with your orthopedic specialist to treat chronic pain, overuse injuries, sprains, strains, and arthritis. We also offer solutions for injury prevention, pre- and post-surgery treatment, and rehabilitation from the leading manufacturers in the field. No matter the brace you need, in-home oxygen offers low and high-impact bracing solutions for everyday activities and sports. Our fit specialists can help you get back to your favorite activities today and experience a better quality of life. That's in home oxygen and medicine. 42-13. Mifflin, your victors here tonight as a 13 to nothing halftime score. Quickly raced out as Mifflin winning this one by 29 over top of the Saints. So the Saints will fall. Certainly from their number one perch in quad A here in the district. They will fall to six and three where it concerns the football rankings. They will certainly fall behind Bishop McDevitt 
and Lampeter Strasburg, uh, who will both win tonight. McDevitt moving to eight and one, LS moving to nine and one. Cacalico currently trailing by, I believe, two scores at last look to Mannheim Central. And with Weiser more than likely losing, and Northern New York also losing, pretty much cements Burke's Catholic there in the three seed moving forward. Yeah, we talked about that at the start of the game tonight. I think they're going to fall to three. I think you can see Bishop McDevitt as one. Uh, again, if I'm Burke's Catholic, I want to stay away from Bishop McDevitt to the finals of the district final. So I, I don't think it's a bad place to be either way. Um, as you said, the teams behind them are going to lose, so they'll, they'll be okay. They will survive. Meanwhile, Governor Mifflin improving to 7-0, and staying undefeated. They will most certainly stay as that number one seed in 5A. Uh, they'll have Shippensburg right behind them, Mannheim Central looking to improve to 9-1 and as it looks like they will. Uh, and then going all the way down, Exeter still in that 8 seed. We'll see where they land. Uh, but they will certainly be district playoff bound uh, as 5A takes 14 teams. So right now the cutoff is right at uh, number 14, Lower Dolphin. So they sit at 5-3. and three. As now Wilson beat Mannheim Township 21-14 to 14, as they won the Section 1 championship outright in the Lancaster-Lebanon League. Yeah, you talk about Exeter here just for a moment. You know, Southwestern's going to lose here to Spring Grove. Uh, but Exeter doesn't have a ton of stuff to come back with. They've got two teams at one. Wilson gets some points, and Muhlenberg gets some points, but Boyertown trailing with that, or um, uh, Upper Marion, they're going to get no points there. Uh, West York's not going to give them any points. So, unfortunately, I, I think they're going to stay at the 8 spot. They're going to host the 9 seed, which will probably be the winner of the Gettysburg Twin Valley game. I think Warwick jumps them. Uh, Warwick's beating Conestoga Valley right now. Southwestern will lose. And um, Warwick could jump all the way to seven. Exeter could wind up to nine and may have to travel. And might have to travel. That's a big deal. Obviously, you'd much rather be hosting that game. Kind of nonsensical and obvious to say, but still. Boyertown now leading Upper Marion 20 to 19. Which quarter is that in, Jerry? Fourth? fourth. Has to be the fourth. That certainly helps Exeter. <clears throat> So that one should be on our sister station, correct? So if you would like to continue listening, you can swap over to channel three and continually continue listening to football tonight. This one, 42 to 13. And really, it just turned on a dime there in the second half. We talked about what happened in the first where they were down 13 to nothing early on. Uh, they drove down inside the five-yard line, unable to convert. And really felt like, I said at the time, it kind of felt like the drive of the game. That they were able to put points on the board. You're looking at a much different game. You're looking at 13-7. to 7, You're keeping it one score. And maybe it teeters back and forth between one score, two score, if you're able to keep, keep pace at that point. But unfortunately, it ended up coming back the other way. Mifflin, unfortunately for them, uh, unable to put points on the board as well to end the half. Uh, they ended up turning the ball over on the next drive. Uh, but Burke's Catholic, again, unable to convert. Uh, it was 13 nothing, and then the second half, it just completely turned on a dime. Gallon ended up taking over. Johnson played really well uh, as they went back and forth between them. And at the end of the day, Nick Singleton's going to do what Nick Singleton does. He ends up with three scores. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're right about, you know, the Gallon, you know, Aiden Gallon coming out and just running the ball. 
he carried the load there in the second half and did a really nice job. It felt like every carry he was going for 10, 15 yards a pop. Yeah, breaking tackles, getting to the second and third level. Uh, interesting, you know, Trey Rock has carried the ball all year for him. Aiden Gallon seemed to take over tonight at that fullback position. Interesting to see what they do going into the postseason here. Um, obviously, you know you're going to get Johnson at quarterback and Singleton at tailback, but they've got a two-headed monster at fullback that does a really nice job for him as well. So they're going to get a week off now. Uh, they're going to get a chance to scout out who's going to play the 8-9 game. And, uh, you know, Governor Mifflin is in a great position right now to carry through the district into the state. I don't know how many teams can challenge them. Burks Catholic, as we talked about, drops down to probably a three seed here, but not in a bad position. Um, you know, I think they have the, the athleticism that they can play with everybody in quad A. So we'll see what happens there. So the District 3 power rankings will be finalized after tomorrow's game. Obviously, the only one real of uh, real consequence for Berks County is Y Missing taking on Conrad Weiser. That one happening, obviously, at Y Missing. Otherwise, it would have been under the lights tonight uh, in Robizonia. But the brackets will be released just after 9 a.m. on Monday. So after that, we will have a better idea of exactly where Exeter's falling, where Berks Catholic is falling. Berks Catholic will obviously be hosting at some point in time. Uh, Exeter, again, as Mike said, could potentially be on the road uh, to start off the district playoffs. We'll see how everything shakes out. And again, that is an open meeting to the public. You can watch it on Zoom. I'm sure it'll be horribly entertaining, uh, but it will commence right at 9 a.m. on Monday uh, where we will find out exactly what games we have left on the docket here for the fall. You know, interesting to see what happens with that, that Hamburg game. I don't know what the update is there, but Hamburg Schuylkill Valley. Uh, you know, there's a lot of teams in Burks County trying to get into the playoffs right now. And, you know, Schuylkill Valley could sneak in. I don't know where that game went. But, you know, you know, you have a, a number of teams at, at, at every level here. You know, double A, triple A, quad A, five A, and then Wilson at six A. Wilson wins that game. They, they've assured themselves a, um, a District 3 uh, playoff in 6A. Uh, Hamburg did win that game 21-13, so or 21-15? 21-13. 31-13. Bowl. So they will stay in that spot at 3. Schuylkill Valley will not make the playoffs. So, uh, you know, um, but again, I think there's eight or nine teams in Berks County that have a chance to go to the playoffs. So that's great for Berks County football. Last season of Berks IC. Tomorrow will be the last game of Berks IC when Wyoming missing host Conrad Weiser and a league that has been around literally for 45, 50 years will come to an end, and next year we'll all be playing in Lancaster, Lebanon. We'll be moving over to the LL League. I'm sure that our uh, fine uh, people over at WLBR would be happy to have me back and actually able to call games next year. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not leaving Jerry. <laughs> I'm not leaving Jerry. Jerry pays too well and wings Wait, and beer tonight paid? indoors. Well, at least one of us does. But anyway, we'll wrap this up. 42-13, your final score. Governor Mifflin improving to 7-0. and They will continue to be undefeated. Uh, meanwhile, Burke's Catholic falling to 6-4 and four on the year. But, again, the bright spot is they're going to have a very high ranking in the District 3 Quad A uh, playoffs and will most certainly be hosting at least one playoff game. Air in Reading. 
So for everyone here in Jerry's living room, thanks for listening. Thanks to Mike for joining me tonight. I'm used to working solo, so it was nice to have somebody who actually knew the game of football rather than me just uh, telling you exactly what's going on. The in-depth analysis is much appreciated, uh, but more than likely he'll be jumping ship back to Exeter as they will be in the district playoffs as will Burke's Catholic. So for everyone here in Jerry's living room, I'm Ryan Line Weaver. Have a great night. Thank you for joining us for Burke's Catholic Saints football on the Saints Sports Network. The game has been brought to you by Penn State Health St. Joseph on the web at thefutureofhealthcare.org and in-home oxygen and medical equipment at inhomeoxygen.net. We'll be back in a few weeks with Burke's Catholic Saints boys and girls basketball on the Saints Sports Network. This has been a presentation of Jerry Gellif Media. Good night.